cool Spidey outfit. Thanks. Where'd you get it? I made it. Hmm. Looks uncomfortable. It gets kind of itchy. It rides up in the crotch a little bit, too. was pitiful Couldn't have been any shyer Mary Jane still wouldn't notice him Even if his hair was on fire But then one day he went to that science lab That mutated spider came down Oh, and now Peter crawls over everyone's walls And he's swinging all over town Welcome, webheads, to Geek Salad episode 128, Uncle Ben Dies Again. And again. And again. And again. And, yeah. Again. I'm Andy. I'm Mike. I'm Joe. And I'm Catherine. And we are here today to um, discuss the history of everyone's favorite web slinger, Spider-Man, and welcome him with open arms into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yay! The homecoming. Yay! <laughs> but before we begin, Joe, you and I have to sing a little song for these two here. Yep. Yep. So, um, last week, as, as of the date of this recording, both Catherine and Mike had birthdays. Mike's is, in fact, today. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Catherine and Mike. Happy birthday to you. Yay! <laughs> Have the Rolling Stones killed, Smithers. <laughs> I skip that. <laughs> nope, hey, sorry. I, I would like to request the Arrogant Worms birthday song, please. How? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, never mind. All right. So anyway, we are going to talk about the history of Spider-Man. We did this, um, last time we did this was a couple of years ago, when we discussed the history of the X-Men. Yeah. Yeah. Before, <laughs> yeah. Before that, then we had our Superman show before where that, we had Batman. pretty convinced I almost made Mike cry. Not you, Mike. <laughs> the other Mike. And then we had our Batman show. God, back when we were still in the single digits. Yeah. Damn. So anyway, let's start off where all good things start with comic books. The year is 1962. Creator <laughs> Stan Lee and Steve Ditko bring us Spider-Man. The and man who is Spider. You know what the interesting thing is? Steve Ditko is the original artist of um, of Spider-Man. But did you, did you know that Jack Kirby did the cover for um, Amazing um, Adventure? Amazing yeah, Stories. That, yeah. Amazing Stories number 15. Amazing, oh, sorry, not Amazing, Amazing Fantasy. Fantasy. Yeah, th sorry. It's like one of those, those, those titles that really should be lost to the annals of everything. But it gave us Spider-Man, so it, it sticks around. Exactly. Um... Well, guys, what was your first introduction to Spider-Man? Oh, um, I was, well, I mean, everybody knows I'm a DC guy through and through. No way! I know, shocking. When the hell did this happen? Jeez! Oh, there's a big surprise! That's an incredible, I think I'm gonna have a heart attack and die from that surprise! But, Spider-Man is my favorite Marvel superhero, bar none. And he is 
depending on the day, he's either my favorite superhero or 1A. Okay. Superman. But, I was introduced to Spider-Man when I was about 12 years old. My mom's boyfriend at the time, he was, he was a big nerd too. He was, yeah. he was a lab technician at the VA where my mom worked. And he came to the house one day with two huge boxes, no, three huge boxes of comic books. Wow. From the 60s. Hmm. One of which was number Amazing Fantasies number 15 in rather tattered condition, so it wasn't worth anything. But, it, it doesn't matter what condition it is. That could still be worth something. Yeah, well, tell that to my stepfather. Uh. He threw it away. Anyways. Uh. Yeah. God damn it. So, now he had things. 95% of what he gave, of the comic book collection he gave me. This is all stuff from the 60s and early 70s. 95% of it was DC-related stuff. You know, Batman, yeah. Justice League, the, the, the whole DC pantheon. But the only Marvel comics he had were all the Spider-Man comics. And he, had, like I said, he had Amazing Fantasy 15 and Spider-Man's complete series right up to 1973. Amazing Spider-Man. Wow. Up to that, so, and I read all the books, and I absolutely fell in love with the character. This was also around the time of uh, Todd McFarlane's run. Okay. Spider -Man, uh, writing Spider-Man, which was around 84, 85. Yeah, and that was the... Uh, oh, no, no, it was later than that. Yeah, it was like 87, 88. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So, yeah. around that time. Hmm. So, and then, and then just from reading all those old 60s comic books, I, just, I fell in love with the character, and he's been right up there for me ever since. Except for a couple of times when, you know... Clone War, the Clone Saga. Yeah, we'll get into that yep. later. <laughs> Catherine, how about you? Are you? Uh, you're probably like me, right? Uh, I don't know. The Sunday morning, uh, funny pages. Oh, okay. All oh, the Stan Lee drawn comics. Yeah, the, oh, the, man. the, the Sunday morning. Or actually, even just in the newspaper because it was it was weekly too. Yeah, it was yeah. daily. So yeah, that was that was what I first saw it. You know, it was. You know. Yeah, and I, you remember the 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 title block? It was Spider Man holding up a bus that was leaning over. <laughs> He's just sitting there underneath it, holding it up, and Amazing Spider-Man underneath, underneath that. Yeah, and, splash. It, and it was just, it was you know working in all of that drama into those three panels every day, and then the the Sunday strip. I seem to remember when I was reading that that the Aunt May Doc Doc Ock wedding went on for like three years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's only so much you can do in three so, panels. Exactly, and then you know uh, then an eight-panel Sunday uh, color. <laughs> Mine was the electric company. Yep. Which that too. scared the shit out of me. I ran out of the room crying every single time we'd throw the webs. Because the, <laughs> the sound that he made, I don't know why, it just terrified me. It wasn't a whip, was it? No, it was like a... <laughs> and it really, it really scared me as a kid, which is amazing that he would end up becoming like one of my all-time favorite uh, char characters. How about you, Mike? Um, <clears throat> I think I might have—I mean, I might have seen a few couple of issues, you know, here and there, but probably big time it was um, the '90s cartoon. Okay, the one on MTV. No, 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 no. no, no. It was the one on Fox. Or yeah, F yeah, F F F FX at the time. Well, Fox. No, 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 it was Fox. Fox yeah, Fox, yeah, Fox, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Alistair Smythe and the Spider Slayers. Yep. That was a big. That was a big like plot. <laughs> Worst band name ever. <laughs> Smite and Slayers. Elsa Smite and the Spider Slayers. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then after that, it was pretty much just 
getting, you know, like old comic books and all that. I was a huge fan of Marvel Team-Up. Mm-hmm. In yeah. fact, I actually have, you know those big black and white Marvel compendiums that they have? Yeah. Where they, like, just, I have I have the one for the first Marvel Team-Up. And originally, it was supposed to be just exclusively Spider-Man and Human Torch teaming up to yeah. fight dudes. And then... Yep. Worked its way out of stuff like, um, you know, Spider-Man and Daredevil and Spider-Man and the Thing. and Yeah, it was pretty much always just Spider-Man and someone and else. And so, some dude. Spider-Man and Captain Britain. Woo! <laughs> that, yeah, that, yeah, those must have been your... Uh... Yep. But, you know, what I love about the character of Spider-Man is that he is a teenage character that doesn't live a stereotypical teenage life. He is, Well, you know, he is the everyman. Yeah. He is... I mean, when you look at you know both Marvel and DC pantheon of superheroes, for the most part, they're all fairly exceptional people living very exceptional lives. Right. Except for you got this this schlub of a, a nerd of a teenager. Yeah. Who all of a sudden gets this all this power just put on him, and he's got to learn how to deal with that while still being a teenage you know a high school kid. Taking care of his Aunt May. Yeah. Making sure nobody finds out who he is. And Aunt May was perpetually, like, close to death. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ, how old were his parents? That his that Aunt May was, like, like, you know, like, half past 90 at the point of, uh... Yeah, it was, like, great Aunt May. I kind of prefer the current Aunt May, the hot Aunt May. Yeah. Mercer told me. Yeah. They do come in all shapes and sizes, after all. <laughs> well, I was doing the math, and when my mother was my age, I was 16. Ah. And, and not to say much, but I do look a lot more like Marisa Tomei than, yeah. than uh, Grey Lady Aunt May. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, mean, I know also Stanley hated sidekicks. Mm. Right. So this is like he's one of the, like Spider Man is one of the first teenage superheroes to carry his own magazine Correct. without without the benefit of, of having to latch onto another hero. Yeah. Right. And even when he did try to like get a job as a superhero where he could pay the bills, it didn't really work out. Like no. he tried tried becoming a member of the Fantastic Four and the Avengers. The Avengers. We always end up just going solos. Like, you know what? You, too many rules, you guys. I, I gotta do. I, I'm better on my own. Yeah. Well, you you know why Stanley made him, right? Pretty much just made him big. You know, is um. You know, if you listen to any of Stanley's interviews, rambling you know, interviews. Yep. But I mean, this one's actually pretty interesting. Basically, um, the you know the comic book comic book industry. It was you know with Fantastic Four, it was doing okay, but. He, he really didn't see any any future in it, and so his wife his wife told him, you know what, you're gonna quit. If you're gonna quit, just do something, do whatever the hell you want to do, and before you quit, just as just to get it out of your system. Yep. So he's like, okay, I want to do a teen a teen superhero with it's got all these problems, and they just the Spider Man. So he threw it on there, and Spider Man just took off like wildfire. So they're like, um, you know that Spider-Man guy? You want to keep doing him? Sure. Well, Go much, ahead. You pretty much put Marvel on the, on the map. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, well, timely at the time. Spider-Man is the Mickey Mouse of Marvel Comics. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah and I would, say, I would say right up until, I mean, you can argue that 
you know, since the 90s, the X-Men have kind of fought for that top spot. Until, but for the longest More time... More so Wolverine. No matter, yeah. no matter what comic you bought, the Marvel logo was the Spider-Man. Oh, the Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Up until probably 2006. Yeah. 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 Because remember also, I mean, depending on where you got your comic books from, if you got them from, like, just a regular drugstore, they had a barcode on them. Yeah. Right. But if you bought them from a comic book dealer... They had Spider-Man on the uh, yeah. on the cover. Yeah, those rare trips whenever you, those rare trips to Newbury Comics. Oh God, they had Bob City Comics. That was like that was the best. Those big bins yeah. of like back issues. Oh yeah, nice and mylar. Oh yeah. Yeah. Anyways, mm-hmm. you don't get those days anymore, do you? Nope. No, nope. do not. So um, let's talk real quick about some of the, the our favorite Spider-Man stories. All right. Catherine, do you have any Spider- favorite Spider-Man stories? Anything I, didn't, that... I wasn't a big reader of the Spider-Man comics, although I did pick up a what if if he'd ended up with uh, Black Cat, which was kind of cool. Okay. Did he end up dead in that one? Like, actually, the... no, no, Black, no, it actually doesn't. That Black Cat, he and Black Cat actually ended up dating for a while. No, I know that. But and... she hated she hated Peter Parker, so right. She loved Spider-Man. She hated Peter Parker. The Spider-Man what if stories are always in- rather interesting, although most of them end up with him dead. Well, that's what happens with all the what if comics. Yeah. yeah. You know, what what if what if Jean Grey was with Wolverine? Oh, well, he was not able to control the Phoenix Force, and she destroyed the universe. <laughs> so what we did is probably pretty good. <laughs> what if Howard the Duck and uh, this other benign character had a baby? No, the world ended. <laughs> <laughs> I am Watcher the Watcher, and I am not him not allowed to interfere. I mean, one of my favorites was um, the One Last Hunt. Oh, Craven the Craven. Craven. Craven's Last Hunt. Craven yeah. the Hunter is one of the most underrated of Spider-Man's like original Rogues Gallery. And just because the, the the emotional impact at the end of that story, you felt for Craven. You're like, you actually you're supposed to hate this guy. He was one of Spidey's like most worst enemies, and you felt bad for him. Yeah. At the end, you're like. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, Craven. You know, I don't know what you're going to do now. He blew his brains out. That's what he did. Yeah, I know, but still, it's like, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. It, it made sense for the character. Yeah. But it was one of those things, though. It was, you know, the most dangerous game is Spider-Man. Yeah. And then, well, yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like, okay, what happens when Joker kills Batman? What happens if Lex Luthor beats Superman? Right. Like, they, what else are they going to do? What else do they, have, do they have in their life? Yeah. All they devoted was the, destroying their enemy. All right. Joe, what do you got for a favorite story? Without a doubt, it has to be the death of Gwen Stacy. Mm. And That's a turning point for that the is, entire series. That yeah. is the, it's not just a turning point. It is the definitive kind of definite, you know, it, it defines Spider-Man and Peter Parker from then on. And... Again, I, I read, you know, it was it was one of those things that, like I said, I got into these comic books from my my mom's boyfriend. I'm reading them and I'm getting into the characters and the, I'm getting emotionally attached to the characters. And then a couple of years earlier, before the death of Gwen Stacy, was the death of Captain Stacy. Yeah, mm. that, that, which, that, which which had an emotional impact because all along, Captain Stacy knew that Peter Parker was Spider Man. It was, and his bad. last words were, "Take care of her, protect her." And then for two years, but then two years, he had to live with this guilt because 
Gwen blames Spider-Man for the death of her father, and then you're so emotionally invested. And I, and I, I love Gwen Stacy over Mary Jane I mm. way more, and I became emotionally invested. And when she died, I mean, I was an emotional wreck. I was like, it was one of the saddest things I had ever read. Yeah. It defined the character from then on. Not only that, but for, for once, it really gave, like, real stakes. Right. Because, I mean, the thing is with most characters is that at the end of the day, everybody, everybody's going to end up being fine. Right, but the, the thing is, even in, in the 80s, you kind of knew, okay, no character really dies. Everybody right. just kind of comes back. Now, I'm reading a comic book from the mid to late 60s. I think it was uh, the 70s. And, no. No, because the original Clone Saga was 1973. Okay. So I think the death of Gwen Stacy was like 68, 69. But this was 20 years afterwards. Yeah. And she was still dead. Yep. So there's two characters from the Spider-Man mythos that are dead and stayed dead. Yeah. Which is unheard of in comic book, in, in, for the most part in comic books. Hmm. Yep, you got it? Uh, the night when Stacy died. Spider-Man 121 to 122. Okay, come on, give me the full. 1973. Ah, June, July, ah. 1973. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, I guess Stanley didn't originally want to, really didn't want to do the death of Gwen Stacy because uh, they just killed off Captain Stacy, so everybody would be thinking, you know, what did Marvel was Marvel got against the Stacy family? So Same they, thing that George R. R. Martin has against all the fan favorites. <laughs> so, so they they uh, the Starks. So they wrote and uh, did that story while uh, Stan was out of town. <laughs> but like I said, it defined the character. Yeah. I mean, his history since then was basically, you know, his. That's what made him who he is afterwards. Right. Well, with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. Someone again. had to say that. Too. Come on. You'll hear it again and again yeah. and again. <laughs> um, Mike, how about you? Um, I I really like the other Spider Man. The other. Wait, what's that one about? That one is much more recent. It's like two thousand five, two thousand six or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that was one of uh, J M Michael uh, Straczynski's. Uh, yeah, run, uh, that stories. was. I think it was shortly. It was like right before Civil War. Yeah. Okay. And basically, Spider Man is with the Avengers. But you know, like he he'd been um, he's been having like he had been having some problems, and he was having this ongoing fight with uh, Morlin, um, and it was seemed like you could unbeatable. Yeah, like he couldn't like nothing Spidey Spidey did could stop this guy. And mm. Morlin actually, you know, kind of basically got him to you know to within death's within death's door, and then when when Morlin came to finish him off, like. I think uh, Mary Jane got involved. Yeah. And then Spider-Man just like kind of left, you know, you know, left off of the, off the hospital bed and just viciously killed Spider-Man with like these powers that he'd never had before. Oh. And then he died. Okay. Um, and I guess like then it starts getting kind of trippy. Like he sees this, this like in death, he sees this vision of this giant spider that says like, you know, in order, you know, if you if you want to come if you want to come back, you can, but you won't be the same as you were before. He because he, he basically, he the, the reason for his powers is because he's like a spider totem or something. Yeah. Like that. Oh. It, it's actually a very very well done story. Hmm. And it kind of leads into the whole Spider Verse thing. Right. Yeah. Where 
you're, Spidey's not the only one who's, right. who's a spider totemy. That's where you get, like, Gwen, uh, Spider-Gwen, and you get, um, like, all these different worlds. There's all these different Spider-Man because of the spider totem and hmm. stuff like that. The whole idea of the spider totem. Right. Give me another, any other stories, Kevin? I was just remembering about the Spider-Verse because my boyfriend has one of those video games... <laughs> Where uh, you play, you can play like one of four different. There's like a, a oh, film noir Spider-Man, the Irish Spider-Man. I think each one of those Spider-Man are actually voiced by a, by a guy that did the voice of Spider-Man in one of the cartoons, like the 1966 Spider-Man, the kind of voice, the 1990s Spider-Man. I think Neil Patrick Harris did one of them because yeah. he voiced the MTV Spider-Man, mm-hmm. oh, nice. which is actually a pretty good show too. I like. Yeah, it. I, I've actually got it on DVD. Um, but that's a fun game. Yeah. Here's one no one ever talks about. It's a one-off, so it was was just a one single issue. Spider-Man versus Wolverine. That was an awesome one-off. That is, it is an epic. It's an epic, and I remember when I got it, it was, I got it actually at the the little corner uh, store in West Acton. Oh, near a little, little convenience store in West Near the Valley. fire station. Yes. Yeah. And Near Theater 3. And it had... And I looked at this comic book. One, it was so expensive compared to the other ones. But the 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 uh, the, the paper that they used for it... Yeah. I mean, it was high-end. I was like, wow, this thing is awesome. I <laughs> bought this at my first comic book convention. And I actually had to buy a second copy for Jim. Because we knew this thing was coming out. Like, I'm buying this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> First of all, for the time, back when they were still kind of, they still had the comics approval code, the stamp yeah. on there, yeah. it is violent as hell. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, the first thing Spider-Man, you know, Peter Parker sees are like, you know, these two shop owners, you know, with their brains blown out and like visible bullet wounds in the front of their head. And it, and it was quick because this was actually the, the first time he had worn the black costume since the symbiote saga. No, this is the first time he wore the red costume. He was in the black, black costume. Oh, he was oh, regularly doing, doing the black right. yeah, costume. Flip, flip. And Mary Jane didn't like it. And he was stuck in Germany without a costume, so he went to a costume shop. shop at it. Yeah, he said, like, like, spine spine in, 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 uh, in German. <laughs> he said, like, die spine. Um, but, yeah, the, the cool thing about this, first of all, it does kill off a major Peter Parker character of Ned Leeds. Yep. Who we'll get into in a little bit. It's also the first time. It, it, this, is, uh, this was brutal. Uh, Spider-Man is fighting Wolverine. Oh, and he's beating over. And they're, essentially, what he's doing is they're, they're beating each other up over this woman that um, Logan is trying to save. Right, she's and, a, she's a secret agent. Yeah, and Spidey thinks she's out to. Uh, what was it? It's been so long. Something about the KGB. Right. Um, but Spidey also knew that in order to beat Wolverine, he's got to get through the adamantium. Skeleton, so he is punching him with everything he's got. Well, the, and then he feels this hand touch his back, and he thinks it's Wolverine. Swings around with all his might and crushes this woman's skull. And it's the first, and as far as I'm aware, the only time, no, maybe not the only time now, but the first time he ever killed somebody, and it destroyed him mentally. Yeah, but I remember that panel you're talking about. It was all you see is this gravestone. Yeah. And all you see is Spider-Man standing over, uh, sitting over Wolverine, and you just see like the repeater of the hand. Yeah. Just beating Wolverine's face against this gravestone, trying to break through the adamantium. Yeah, I mean he snaps the gravestone. Right. It is a phenomenal. Oh my! And it no was one ever talks so well. Nobody ever talks about this one. 
the the, the only uh, uh, Spider-Man Wolverine, co um, you know, comic that I know of is there was a, a couple of issues of Ultimate Spider-Man where Spider-Man and Wolverine switch switch bodies. Oh god! Yeah, I remember that. that that's a fun. That's actually a fun couple of issues. <laughs> Mike, do you get any other... Uh, Joe, actually, I'm sorry. You're, you were next. What, what other stories do you have? Hold on a second. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, God. Um, actually, from the Ultimate Spider-Man universe. That uh, is a really good series. The Fallout. Okay. Where Peter Parker dies. Oh, yeah. That's an introduction of Miles Morales, right? Yeah. And... At the, when I started reading Ultimate Spider-Man, I was, like, so into it because it, it kind of stripped away... Everything about the normal Spider-Man just kind of brought him back. He was yeah. a high school kid, and he was basically going through the same things. And but in this universe, Spider-Man was really hated. They thought he was just another mutant. Yeah, you know, another mutie, and they wanted to, you know, he was hunted down. But then when they kill him, when he when he died fighting Norm, Norman Osborn, like the whole city came out. You basically had like a Captain America style funeral. Yeah. Oh my! And the last panel was this little girl that Spidey had saved goes up to Aunt May. And Aunt May is crying. She goes, and the little girl stretches out her hands. Goes, "Do you need a hug?" And that was the last panel. No. Oh God! Really? <laughs> yeah, I, remember, I, I remember that that, that Ultimate Spider-Man was dating Ultimate Kitty Pride. Yep. Because mm. I was reading Ultimate X-Men. So. Yeah. Out of all of the Ultimates, I think Spider-Man is definitely the best. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, easily. easily. Well, he said, he, I mean, he was the first Ultimate yeah. comic mm. book. And the one that made the most sense. That was, that was um, Bendis and... Um, Brian Michael Bendis and... Uh, was uh, it Mark Brian Miller? No, Mark Miller was... No, he was working yeah, who, on the regular Who was the artwork on... That's going to bug me, because they, they stuck together for, like, they, I think they did 100 issues, didn't they? They did. They were, gone, they were together for almost 11 years. Wow. Unheard of in, in Marvel. Right. Yeah. Huh. Well, there's one that we didn't even bring up. The Venom Saga. I was going to bring that one up. Oh, sorry, Well, which one? The first... Well, no, because the ultimate... If you, you bring up the Venom Saga, I prefer the <sighs> ultimate Venom origin yeah. versus the normal mainstream universe Venom origin. Yeah. Okay. Because in the Ultimate Universe, Venom was the the result of Peter well, Peter Brock's father and Pete, Peter's father were working together to find a cure for cancer, and they came up with this bio suit okay. that people would wear to help them with the cancer. But there was a lot more to it, and that basically the suit became Venom. Yeah. And I, I appreciated that more because it was kind of grounded in a real world kind of setting versus. Oh, Peter goes off to this bat battle world or the secret wars. He sits yep. in this thing and he gets a little black marble and all of a sudden that turns into a suit. Right. Mark Bagley. Mark Bagley. Yeah. All right. The, um, I don't know. Carnage, though. Carnage is a bad, he's one, I, he's, yeah. he's one of the best villains anyways, but. I don't know. There's something, I mean, there's something quaint about the whole secret wars, baguettes, venom. It's really the only sticking thing that's stuck with. Secret Wars at the end of it's the day. Right, right. It's that, oh, Spidey got his black suit. Right. Do you I remember when they, you know, remember the Secret Wars action figures? And I had them all. I remember when I found Black Suit Spider-Man. Spider oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> well, it was, just, it was so, I don't know what it was. Maybe it's, it was the 80s, but it just looked so cool. It did. I mean, it was just all black with a white spider. Mm -hmm. That's it. And he also had the little white things on his hands. 
where he shot the uh, yeah yeah instead of, instead of he shot the uh, web from that. But actually, um, like I think it was a uh, Spider-Man 300, I believe that was the introduction of Venom. Yes, yes. And that I can because I mean that you never see. He was the first villain to not show up ra- register on with Spider-Man Spider Sense. Right, because he's been so he's been part of him. Yeah, so and, and that was, that was I mean. But you know you know what the, what it was so cool what the writers did was you in in little bits and pieces of of stories leading up to the actual introduction of Venom you saw Peter changing becoming a lot more darker a lot more willing yeah. to yeah like there was one one uh one story arc where he nearly killed somebody and it was it was like what set it off was just the murder of some nameless character and he almost killed somebody and he he kind of finds he kind of stops and he's like Something's changing me. Something's wrong. Yeah. You know, this, yeah. I'm not, this is not right. So he goes to the smartest guy he knows, Bean Richards. Yep. <laughs> Fascinating. Let me just blast this thing off of you. Nothing will happen after that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it won't be bitter. But, I mean, I just remember I just remember reading issue at 300, and, like, you know, he's sta- uh, Peter's standing on a subway platform, so he gets pushed off, and he doesn't realize... Yeah, because he, he has no warning of danger. Yeah. He just gets pushed onto this, and he's like, what the hell just happened? I, I didn't... And then, like, he goes home, and he sees Mary Jane, like, scared to death of him, saying, like, you know, you just came in well, and tried she, to attack me. That's why she hated that, the black costume. Right, and that's why they went right, they went back to the, the red and blue. All right. Which is a classic design, by the way. Oh, oh yeah. my God, what a great-looking design. I'm wearing it right now, actually. Wait... That's the Amazing Spider-Man 2 uniform. I'm well aware of that. <laughs> you bastard. Yep. We'll talk about that in a little bit. You know, you know it's supposed to be blue, blue and uh, I mean black and red, not blue and black. I mean blue and red. Yeah. Because but the inkers couldn't get it right, so. <laughs> and actually, one one more. Yep. Um, Amazing Spider-Man number 33. That is the one. The, co- the the cover is famous. You see Spider-Man underneath all this debris. Yeah. And again, this is like the first, like, Aunt May is going to die. Uh, the first of many. Yeah. <laughs> but no, but this one, this one was the one where you kind of get a real sense of Peter's will. You know, to basic, I mean, he's got, he's, he's near death. He's got like 20 tons of yep. stuff on him. And he just finds the will to push oh. this thing off him. Yep. You know, I mean, a lot of people forget that Spidey is one of the most powerful superheroes in Marvel. Right. I mean, next to probably on, on Earth base, next to Thor, the Thing, and the Hulk, Spidey's ranks ranks up there. Well, I mean, if we're going to talk, uh, you know, iconic covers, Spider-Man Fifty. Oh yeah, Spider-Man Spider-Man No More. Yeah, Spider-Man No More. Yeah, I was actually just looking up the uh, the issue number there. Yeah, summer fifty. That's another one that 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 never-ending trope that, that's, of. Isn't that? Isn't, wasn't well, that, that was the first kind of superhero quits trope. Was wasn't wasn't that cover drawn? Was I that think it was Romita? Dicko, Yeah. Was it Romita or Dicko? No, it was Romita. Yeah. Oh, you know what? It was Romita because the way that Romita had was, was I, I, I I prefer Romita's artwork over right. Dicko. But Romita had a a. Great, a great artist. Except he could not draw people's hairstyles to not make them look like but the you most know what? unfortunate that, things you in the world. You may say that, but he he defined Peter Parker's look right for the next two decades until Todd McFarlane came along. Right. 
But Norman, I mean, the Osbournes all had like the speed bump widow's peak. <laughs> and that, well, that well, was, you know, well, Peter had that that kind of widow's peak, but he had the curl. He had like the he had like little, the one little curl. He's like Belle and Beauty and the Beast, where they had to make that one imperfection. <laughs> uh, Romita Senior or Romita Junior? Senior. Oh, Junior had way different style. I mean, I like Junior's style. Too, I actually but. prefer Junior's personally. Oh yeah, I, I like seniors a lot. Yeah, but juniors, I think, is he he does action scenes better. So, what's your verdict on uh, on uh, McFarlane? I, I don't mind McFarlane. Todd McFarlane is an interesting case to me because you can love the guy's artwork and think the guy's a complete scumbag. I oh, kind of think he's oh, a complete yeah. scumbag. Oh, I, I hate what he per, did. Personally, Mary. he's a complete scumbag. But I hate what he did with Mary Jane during the uh, during the eighties. Yeah, but artwork was my she's pert. <laughs> artwork wise he, is she he, wearing football pads or those I mean I know it's the 80s but yeah, he's, he's got a very good artwork art style I like I do like it well I mean yeah I, 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 I do prefer Romita uh, Jr though. yeah on the subject of Todd McFarlane though Toy Fair Theater used to have a thing where they used to make fun of the fact that he bought those like two of Mark McGuire's baseballs <laughs> and he's at a, a comic book convention and he's got the two balls on a thing and it the sign just says, Touch Todd McFarlane's balls. <laughs> <laughs> and he's being let out by police. He's like, no, that's not what I meant. And then Spawn just standing there like, well, there goes my meal ticket. <laughs> <laughs> now, that was a great Spider-Man. Toy Fair Theater Spider-Man. I bet you he's not going to get much money for those uh, Mark McGuire balls anymore. Nope. nope. <laughs> so... Now we talked about the best stories. Do we have any others we want to talk about real quick? Oh, there's so many. I mean, it's... Yeah. You, you, the 50 years, I mean, it's so hard yeah. to pick out. I think we went over the definitive Spider-Man. Right. right. Kind of. All right, now let's go over to the definitively worst oh. stories. Oh. Let's start with the with the one that it's like the um, the world heavyweight champion of terrible stories from Spider-Man, the Clone Saga. Because we can't leave well enough alone. Spider-Man with a hoodie. Uh. Need I say more? It was so 90s, too. The Scarlet Spider, Ben Riley. Yeah. What, uh, what's weird is that Ben Riley actually has a lot of fans. The story that produced him doesn't, but the but the character himself. Okay. You know what, and you know what? The, the thing is, the original Clone Saga from the seventies was actually a very good story. The problem is, it wasn't executed well at all. The the twenty years later, somebody saw that one little one little panel and said. Let's make a whole thing out of this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We don't want to have Peter Parker be Spider-Man anymore. Let's have Ben Riley be Spider-Man because he's new and fresh. And, he was uh, the 90s. And uh, <laughs> two weeks later, um, can we get back Peter Parker now? <laughs> the clone that, that, that didn't work. The Clone Saga turned me off comic books completely. And finally, I, went, I went cold turkey from any and all comic books. Because of the Clone Saga, up until really, uh, up until J. Michael Straczynski's run in Spider-Man. Show uh, us on the doll where they touched you, Joe. So, so that's why you love DC so much now, because you were hurt so badly by Marvel. No, 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 what? no, what? no, no, J. J. Michael Straczynski brought me back, and he and he did a great job, and then they brought on another day. One more oh, day. One yeah, more day. I was going to say, that's the next one on the list yeah. here. One more day, where Peter Parker sells his soul to the devil, i.e. Mistopto, uh, oh, 
to to give um, Aunt May another day. day. Yeah. And to erase everybody's memory that he revealed the secret of that. Retcon. You know, after about like you know, fifty oh, they years, they retconned Civil War. They retconned, they retconned Civil. They retconned everything going back to nineteen eighty-seven. Oh my god! But only Peter Parker. Yeah. Everything else in the Marvel Universe stayed the same, except, except anything, for Peter Parker. Except for Peter Parker. You know what? After fifty years of her being perpetually eighty years old. Let her die already. <laughs> Give the woman her dignity. <laughs> well, they had... It, it had so much potential to let the character... Peter Parker as a character grow and evolve. But they took the easy way out. And all because Joe Casada, who was the editor-in-chief at the time, hated the fact that Peter Parker and Mary Jane were married. That's really the only reason why well, he did it. I, I think they also it's did it. It's a little late to say something now, isn't it? I think they also did it because they're like, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't have had him take his mask off during Civil but they War. If they were creative, they could he could have they could have done show how Peter Parker actually would have dealt with that. But this was just the easy way out. Right. Yeah, they were like, well, well, we didn't like this, and we don't like this, and we don't like let's do something that'll fix them all in and, one and frankly, and frankly, ever since one more day. Spider-Man as a character has not been the same for me. Yeah. Well, Superior, that's why we got the movie. Superior Spider-Man, I wasn't a big fan of. Okay. Now the fact that Spider-Man is a Tony Stark Jr., he's uh, got he's got his is, own multinational conglomerate, and Spider Peter's bodyguard is Spider-Man. Are you kidding me? No. Actually, the, the Tony Tony Stark is off gallivanting with Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh God! The current run actually, it, it's I can't. I, can't. I, I don't mind it. I mean, the the fact that they got you know he's got his own company. I think it's it's it's. I think it actually adds a nice. No, little you can't. No, it, it it because the reason that the reason that Joe Casada did one more day and wanted to dissolve Mary Jane's and Peter's marriage was because he wanted to bring t uh, Peter back to basics, a single guy with having to deal with all these problems, yada yada yada. Okay. Ten years later, he's one of the richest men in the world. <laughs> you know who's who's the complete polar opposite. Right, he's he's Tony Stark without being a dick and an alcoholic. <laughs> well, he was a dick when he was uh, Doc Ock. But, uh, well, that's because Doc Ock took over his body. Yeah, right. That's another issue I had with the Superior Spider-Man. Uh, so, Superior Spider-Man's got its share of defenders. Oh, I, I know. mean. The Clone I, Wars has its share of Defenders, too. I mean, the Clone Saga. Well, and the Clone Wars. Superior Spider-Man's got more <laughs> Defenders than that. I, I mean, me, I didn't I didn't like it, but I didn't hate it. I thought it was an, an interesting twist on the character. I mean, I knew they were going to... I knew they were going to bring back if, Peter Parker eventually. Right. You always but if, if they did it right, instead of what they're doing now with Peter... Like I said, with Peter being a Tony Stark Jr., mm. it's, it, it doesn't... Fit the character as everybody seems to know. Everybody knows him and accepts him for. Well, he's also forty years old now, as opposed to a sixteen-year-old. Well, no, I mean in the, in the comic books, in the in, in comic time, he's actually only in his mid twenties. Really, I thought he was in his thirties. No, Com comic time is very inconsistent. All right. <laughs> yeah. Let, well, let, let me just say this: during J. Michael Straczynski's run, he was twenty-five. He was also a teacher at the high he school. Te right, teacher at the high school, and he was separated from Mary Jane. Yeah. Which, again. Had so much potential, but no. Yep. So now, so we've covered Superior Spider-Man. Then let's last one before we move on here. Oh, oh God! 
I, I like I said, I didn't like even I said, know this arc existed. Honestly. Like I said, this is this is the I think the weakest point in J. Michael Straczynski run of, of Spider-Man oh. is the children of Gwen Stacy and Norma Osborn. And again, I think that was more of an editorial decision than it was his. I, I vaguely, I vaguely remembered hearing, remember something. What like it was, that. and spoilers. I mean, it came out ten years ago, so really? yeah, t- two thousand five. Oh, wow. Spoilers. Where it turns out that Peter's getting hunted down by these the what he thinks are one is the identical look like the identical twin of Gwen Stacy look exactly like her and this this male. Well, it turns out. They are twin brother and twin sister, who are actually the children of Gwen Stacy and Norman Osborn, who had these children before she told Peter before she died. So in other words, she went off, fucked Norman Osborn, while she was dating Peter, vanished for like a year, and then had these children, and then came back, and then died. And died. Yeah, fuck the story right in the ear. That is ridiculous. (laughs) He became the Grey Goblin. That's what, the Grey Goblin. That's what and wild the, and crazy the, the life she had, wasn't it? But they thought that Peter was their father because she because there was no record that they were you know right Norman Osborn. All they knew is that Gwen Stacy dated Peter Parker during this time period that they were born. Oh, a nice blood test would do wonders. Yeah, well. <laughs> Yeah, but then the, the lab technician is like, oh my god, Peter Parker is Spider-Man! So, so it's like, you know, it's bad enough that Gwen Stacy's been dead for 22 years. Now you guys defile her like this? Yep. More so. More they so. got that corpse so we can piss all over it. And that's actually one of the panels. Well, the, one, of the panels was, <laughs> one of the panels was Peter actually having to dig up Gwen's body. And piss on it. No, <laughs> run some DNA test on it, but still... Oh, damn it, our headband is still, our black headband is still there. Oh, it was, it was bullshit. Yeah, okay. So let's move on to the rogues gallery, because any good superhero really needs a really good rogues gallery. And there are quite a few, there are quite a few great heroes, I mean, Spider-Man's got a great rogues gallery. Yeah. I'd I'd say he's got one, probably second to uh, Batman. Yeah. Yeah, I I would say, well, I mean, in... In um, Marvel comics, he's got the best. In Marvel, yeah, yeah. Or like, in comics overall, he's got it's second to Batman. Yeah, I would say. Well, cool. the cool thing with Spider-Man too is that he doesn't have like that one definitive big bad. The no. closest I think you get is the Green Goblin. In terms of like his overall overreaching Lex Luthor, Joker, Magneto, and, Nemesis. But the, but the, and the thing with the Green Goblin though is not only. Does he have to deal with Norm? But then he's also the fact that his best friend was well, the Green yeah. Goblin's son, and then later be, himself became the Green Goblin. Yeah, and he found out that Peter mm-hmm. was you know killed killed his father. Didn't kill him, but right still, um, yeah. So Green Goblin, great great villain with some of the stupidest build up ever. I mean, do you remember what he rode before the glider? Oh. It was like a... A rocket-powered rocket. broomstick. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I remember. Oh, yeah. That was dumbass. Yeah. And he wasn't nearly as maniacal. He was just this dude who was just trying to have crime happen. Right. Um... When they, when they actually revealed who he was for the first time in comics, so that was that was a pretty good issue. That was a pretty good issue, yeah. Because... It, because it, it, was, that was, it, was, it had a great build-up to Well, it. because Peter had just enrolled in college... And became friends with Harry. Yeah. And then you realize, oh, wait a minute. 
Yeah. Um, who else we have here? Dr. Octopus. Doc Ock. Doc Ock. Great hero. I, you know, the thing Great is, though, is that, no, hero. villain, rather. Um, I love the movie version of Doc Ock so much that it's really kind of... Oh, yeah. yeah Apple Apple Lina, Lina, Apple Lina, awesome. nailed it. Yeah. yeah. And we'll talk about that in just a little bit, but the comic book version, the dude with the bowl cut, you know, with the doughy build and the... Yeah. I, I think, well, I mean, when, when Stan Lee originally created him, he was very one-dimensional because that's all Stan Lee can do. Right. Um, but as, t as he was reintroduced and written by different characters... They gave him more more dimensions, and he. I mean, and the guy. I mean, the guy. I think he's also the one villain next to Harry and Doctor Connors that is on the same intellectual level, genius level that right that yeah. Peter is. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, well, he's well, not. He's not. He's not just some dumb street thug. Well, I mean, that, like like the Sandman or, or Rhino or, Rhino. or yeah. I mean, that's his actually. That's his primary power. I mean, yeah, he's got the the you know the, the, the arms. Which are you know powerful, but he, his mind is the his his real weapon, and that's what he that's what he uses most of the time. Right. The, tool, the arms are just tools. Right. Lizard. 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 one of my favorite villains, simply because Spidey does so much to try to help Doctor Connors. Right. You know, and he's un he understands. Right. And he whenever he's trying whenever he's attacking the lizard. He, you always get the sense that he's trying to pull his punches a bit because he knows Doc Connors is in there. Right. Yeah. Um, so now, I, now I guess with the retcon, or yeah, the uh, the yeah the retconning of Spider-Man, because in the old Lizard there was always a human brain. He had intellect. It was I mean, yeah. he wasn't the full Doctor Connors, right. but he could talk to Spider-Man. He knew what was going on. Now. I guess he's a lot scarier because he's just a plain lizard. Right. Just yeah. just giant six foot, four hundred pound lizard, just monster. Okay. That has no humanity in him whatsoever. Hmm. All right. Oh, we talked about Craven already. We already kind of talked about Craven. Uh, Sandman. Um. You know what? The movie Spider-Man Three kind of ruined Sandman for me. Well, even 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 in the comics, he wasn't the greatest villain. He's Oh, I'm a I'm a thief with a bad passion sense. Ooh, I can make sand do yeah. stuff. I, th I think the big thing with him is he's one of the first like supernatural villains that Spider-Man faced. Yeah, like he was one he was one of the first with actual powers. Yeah, yeah, true. So, and then speaking of neither of those, Mysterio. I use the power of special effects. <laughs> what do you mean? He, made, he, he knew how to make Spidey's life a living hell. Yeah, still. He was from the 60s, though. I mean, it's... it's oh, it was on, yeah. He's one of the special effects. is putting ants on a pet postcard. Yeah. Ooh, the climate crisis are building. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> fighting, fighting Mysterio in, in Marvel Ultimate Alliance was a pain in the butt, but if you went up against him with Spider-Man, they had extra special dialogue. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. Because, you know, like, any anybody that you encountered, if you were playing a character that had a special relationship, then there'd be more direct yeah. dialogue than just fake. <laughs> Mysterio was a pain in the ass. I miss that game. I, 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 I love that. I, I loaned it to Cicerone, and I never got it back. <sighs> I really love... I, I wish they, they'd bring that one back. Actually, Ultimate Alliance 2 is pretty good, too, because that one actually uh, breaches on the Civil War storyline. Oh, okay. Yeah. We, never, we never played... Yeah, we played, we played through Ultimate Alliance. I liked playing uh, Binary. Yeah. Blastomatic. There you go. <laughs> 
I know, I know, I know. He's actually now considered a daredevil villain, but I put Kingpin down. Kingpin's a tough one because he was kind. Of, and I remember, I remember watching the, the Daredevil documentary on the um, on the Affleck DVD, and they were like, "Oh, we're gonna bring Kingpin in to be Daredevil's main villain." And they're like, "That's ridiculous. He's a Spider-Man villain, and he just beats people up with his belly." <laughs> and then we saw the Daredevil Netflix series, and we're like, "Bam!" Yeah. <laughs> no, the, the character of Kingpin in the Spider-Man universe versus when he was when he was brought in as a Frank Miller villain. Right. There's a there's actually a definitive point where that whole thing changes, where he stopped. You know, he ceased to be the ridiculous fat man who could beat people up with his belly and becoming this crime lord. And it's in one frame of Daredevil, where he lights his cigarette. And when he clicks, when he hits the lighter and the shadowing comes up, he it's that Frank Miller, that signature Frank Miller oh, yeah. look. And at that point, he officially became the Daredevil. Actually, the Daredevil, yeah. Actually, um, one of my most memorable uh, images of uh, the Kingpin from the comics is from Ultimate Spider-Man. The way when his first, yeah, when, I mean, he, I know when he first see, when he first, first encounters Spider-Man, up, yep. he beats the hell out of Spider-Man, picks him up. Tears off his mask like who's this kid and That's chucks him out a window. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a dude. You just chuck Spider-Man out a window. <laughs> and Spider-Man could do nothing to hurt him. Yeah. yeah. What about um Electro? Uh, kind of a dumb villain, but still one of the classic. I mean, yeah, just because he, he's one of the early ones, he's part member of the Sinister Six. Yeah. He, he's never he's, been, he's never been the best villain though. No, no. I mean, when you compare it to like Doc Ock, Lizard, Goblin. Yeah, he's pretty throwaway, and he was even worse than Mason Spider-Man too. But we'll get to that. Indeed, later. yes. Um, now we really and while we talked about the sagas, we never really actually talked about the the villain Venom, the Eddie Brock Venom, which is really the only one that counts. Ven- Venom is, in my in my personal opinion. My, he is my absolute favorite Spider-Man villain because he is the exact polar opposite right. of Spider-Man. He See, he has all of Spider-Man's I, powers, but he is willing to he is willing to kill to, to accomplish his goals. What do you think of Carnage? Carnage is just a, a psychopath. Right. That's why he's. I think I think Carnage but, is scarier than Venom. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But Venom Venom is Venom is scary because he. He he has he's not just I'm gonna kill everybody like like Connor. Connor is just gonna kill. Venom Eddie Brock has a code. Yeah. Even though you know a, a, a really like fucked up code, but a code nonetheless. Yeah. Um, uh, what's his name? Cletus Cassidy. Cassidy. He was just a serial. killer. Has a ser- Yeah, he's a serial yeah. killer. There is no code there. Right. Yeah. And that. Was that I, I, I but you you add that with the fact that Spider-Man can't sense him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you makes him a way more dangerous than oh, yeah. Venom is. That's another one of those things that they brought up in Toy Fair Theater where Spider-Man is joining the Justice League of America, <laughs> and it's like all the villains come out. It's like, wait a second. So, Yellow like, Green Lantern, stupid Superman. I mean, come on, your villains are uh, Yellow Flash. You guys are nothing but like just ripoffs of your of your superhero counterparts. And then Venom like taps him on the back, like, yeah, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Now, but you know, while, while Carnage, I think, is a more dangerous villain, I I like Venom more because he because he's that he's a bit more calculating. You know, he's a special ops agent now for the U.S. Well, now it's Flash Thompson. 
Agent Venom, yeah. Agent Venom. Agent Venom. <laughs> and, and I believe he's with the Guardians of the Galaxy now, too. Yeah. I gotta say, though, the stupidest thing with Venom, and it was in his first appearance, was when he's got Spider-Man tied up to the, the bell, and he's finally gonna kill Spider-Man. He's dressed up as a priest. Yeah. And it just he looked ridiculous. Well, well, way to go, McFarlane. Yeah, that's all. That's all, Dick. McFarlane, right there. And I think one last one I want to throw in is uh, I don't know if she, if she, if you count her as a villain, but she, she's been a thorn in his side. Yeah. Uh, Felicia Hardy, Black Cat. She's she's more of um she's more of an she's an antihero. Yeah, but she's, 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 she's also gone up against Spider-Man and a favorite during cosplay. She's she's yeah. she's essentially Catwoman. Yeah. 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 Plus, she knows she knows how to toy toy with uh, Peter's emotions. Right. Like I said, Catwoman. Yeah. And like you already brought up Morlin. Yeah, yeah, I brought Morlin because I mean Morlin is just this guy that he he hunts down the totems. And, yeah. You know, he, he, he his yeah. entire goal is to consume their essence and you know gain their powers. And then the quick ending will happen. Oh, Spider Man. I mean any any. any Spider-Man basically threw everything at him and could yeah, the not fir- stop the first him. Yeah, the first time, the only way he could stop, um, he could stop uh, Moreland is to give himself radiation poisoning oh, and then let Moreland, Moreland feed on him. So Moreland would, would take the radiation and die of it. You know, yeah. Quote, unquote, die. All right. So, now the bad. <laughs> I mean, everybody's got throwaway villains. These are some of the more stalwart ones. The Shocker. The Shocker is so stupid, they even made fun of it constantly in uh, Ultimate Spider-Man. Yep. Like, the dude's costume will look like an oven mitt. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, didn't I just arre- didn't I just capture you? Oh, come on! Oof, done. How about Swarm? He wields the power of bees! <laughs> yeah. But, the, the, but no, know. no, they're not just bees. They're Nazi bees. They're Nazi bees. <laughs> No, no, you have it right there, Captain. You look that shit up right now. I'm not laughing because I disbelieve you. I'm laughing because it's stupid. Yes, but you know how they killed them. Fascist bees. No, Venom (laughs) jumped into the swarm and ate the guy's bones. (laughs) (laughs) Because that—that's what the bees were sticking to was the guy's bones. Right, the guy's bones. That'll do it. Um, Hydro Man. Because if you really wanted to. Get that you ultimate know, team up of of Sand, of Sandman no, no. and Hydro Man. It they was, make Mud Man. No, no, <laughs> you can't do that. That's actually they did that once. They, I know they did that. Well, no, the way Spidey defeated them was to get them to mix because it made them nauseous. <laughs> it made them sick to the stu- their stomach. Actually, um, in the uh, on the Amazing Spider-Man ride down in Universal. Yep. Uh, Spidey goes up against the you know the, a, a new Sinister Sticks. And one of them is Hydro Man. Jesus. And uh, Spidey defeats him by make, by forcing uh, um, Electro into Hydro Man and shocking them both. God. How about the Circus of Crime? Oh, God. I mean, that name alone just is like, okay, you're bad villains. Yeah. Is they have Arcade with them, or is that or is he off to his Arca- own thing? Arcade is a Arcade is an X Men villain, but they have some crossover. Yeah, no, the Circus of Crime were like, you know, Rhino ended up fighting the Max. That's true. We didn't bring up Rhino. No. After what Paul Giamatti did to that character, should we really bring him up? <laughs> well, yes, because no. because the Rhino is so is so lame and backdoor and useless that he went up against the Max, and the Max is like, <laughs> this is what I get. 
I am so low budget, I get the rhino. <laughs> um, you know, the Circus of Crime was like, there's the ringleader, there's the hypnotic man, yeah. there's... Um, Actually, wasn't it the ringleader that had the, the swirl on Yeah, the, 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 he, he had the hypnosis. And then there was, like, the python lady, and there was uh, the strong man, and the acrobats, and the human bullet, I believe, who shoot himself out of a cannon. <laughs> so, his offensive moves take at least a half hour to set up. <laughs> Um, Vermin, poor oh, man's lizard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I control rats. The yeah. iguana. And, oh god, the iguana. Wasn't that Kirk Iguana and actually the yeah. iguana? Kirk yeah. Connor's pet. Now let me ask you guys, where do you stand on Hobgoblin? I, in general, I I like him. I think he's actually an effective villain for most because because he's like the Green Goblin, but he's a lot more sadistic, oddly enough. He's. I don't know. It's. I mean, they've had they, so many goblins. But they. I mean, there were some good stories with the hobgoblin, but it always felt like, well, they could have done this with a green goblin. Right. A lot of what they did with the hobgoblin could have been done. Well, I, mean, I think the fact that they wanted to do it with green goblin, but he green goblin was probably dead. dead. It was yeah. dead at the time, so they invented the hobgoblin to be the green goblin. Very, very, very eighties. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, during the 80s, they also had the uh, Demo Goblin. Oh, God. The demon, demonic Hobgoblin that, you know, he was he had demonic powers and he could do whatever. Sure he did. Yeah. Phenomenal demonic powers. <laughs> All right, so let's move on. Man, we, oh, God, we're an hour in already, so. All right, let's start talking about media now. Cartoons. Okay. Well, we really, the only thing I can remember from the 1960s cartoon is the theme song. Oh, lots of recycled animation. Yeah, I remember they they were rerunning that at one point. Yep. Uh, like right before the '90s, Spider-Man came out. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, it also introduces the Firestar. No, 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 no. That's next. Really? That's that, Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends. Oh, which I love. I love that. Spider-Man yeah. and his Amazing Friends. Not so much. Believe it or not, not so much for Spider-Man. Um, I, I like the Iceman and Firestar, yeah. Actually, I liked it because there was a like a veritable rose gallery of Marvel characters. They yeah. went deep, deep. They went deep, deep cuts. cuts, yeah, on these these characters. The X Men showed up, yeah. and there was like I think the very first episode where the Green Goblin showed up. They were at a costume party, and everybody was dressed as superheroes. And he's like, oh, there's Hawkeye, and there's Moon Knight, and there's like <laughs> all of these characters. Except for Alpha Flight, because you know, fuck them. No, uh, we, fuck we all we all know why you love that cartoon so much, Miss Lion. Oh God, Miss Lion, <laughs> the Dino Buddy of the show. <laughs> yeah, it was a great cartoon. Yep. It was, and they they actually they had the X Men at one point, I think. They did. Because they were like, well, you know, maybe 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 Doctor Doctor X can help you with your powers. And Dr. X is like, yeah, we do mutants. You're not... That, that episode includes one of our favorite sound clips of all time. Yep. 
back when uh, Wolverine was Australian. Oh, Dole, little piece of fruit. <laughs> Hiya, Dole. Want a piece of fruit? They were just predicting the future. Hmm? It actually, like, yes, amazingly. Just like one of my old comics um, from like the late 80s, one of my old X-Men comics, when uh, Dr. X was living with Lyndra. He is wearing a black shirt with a red yoke, and I'm like, oh my god, it's Picard's shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it is meant to be. And then it came, then it came, they made it so. <laughs> and then there's some stuff from the 90s, which I, I, I'll admit I didn't watch, but apparently you guys did. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was, it actually, was very, very popular, it was very good. Yeah. It actually took a lot of, this, a lot of the more popular storylines. And translated them relatively accurately. I mean, yeah. the Venom storyline was very, very well done. The Spider Slayers was yeah pretty good. I mean, they, yeah. they, I mean, it was it was. I mean, it was made by the same people who made the X Men animated series, which okay. is good. So yeah, yeah. And, and and they even had a really good uh, story arc with um, where he became uh, Man Spider. Oh, that's right. Yes, remember his powers were starting to go out of control, and he actually yeah, grew the, 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 the extra arm, and then and they, had the face of a spider with the eight, eye, the right, eight yeah. eyes. Right, They tried to cure him, and it just made it worse. And I, I can't remember how. You know what? I want to watch that series again. Yeah, I mean, it's been it's it's been so long, but I remember it was a pretty good that, series. That was, I, I made a habit of watching it. That was actually a really well done series. Man, really the nineties were so hit and miss with those those Marvel cartoons, though. Like, Spider-Man X -Men, X -Men was pretty good. Spider-Man was really good. Yeah. Fantastic Four was dog shit. Oh, Fantastic Four sucked. Wasn't that the one with Herbie? No. No, that was... No, that was oh, God, that was the 70s. You know, it's, it, it's funny you mentioned that. It was kind of an aside. Oh, yeah. I watched the um, Watch Mojo. They had the top ten facts of Black Panther. Yeah. And throughout, I guess in the cartoon... He, he got his introduction into cartoons in the Fantastic Four series from the 90s. Oh, God. And they'd play, like, intermittently, they played clips from this cartoon. And, I mean, you could tell them it was so god-awful. Was it, like, a white dude pretending to be black? Was it that bad, or...? No, it was a, it was a, a African-American, and if you, if you watch it and you hear the voice, you know exactly who it is. I applaud your cleverness, Mrs. Richards. But even when a panther cannot hear his victim, he can always detect the scent. No! How did you... I have studied your powers well. My speed allowed me inside your force field before you could seal it. And I can't remember the guy's oh, name. Yeah, there you go. Mike's at his phone. Mike's going for it. Mike's going for but it. But it, yeah, it, it was the 90s Fantastic Four cartoon. It had that their, their kind of dark blue costume with yeah. the white collar. Yep. You remember <laughs> from the 90s? Oh. <laughs> Wait, the FF or the... Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I remember. Well, the white collars actually came up in the 80s. But it was, yeah, it was like, but it was the really dark blue costume. Yeah. Not the light blue, but the really dark blue. Oh, God. Why? Did you get it? Um, almost there. All right. Uh, and then oh, yeah, Grand Task Four, World's Greatest Hero. No, wait, no. And then after that was the, oh, uh, the Spider-Man that was based on the movies that was on MTV. Yeah. Spider-Man animated series. I heard good things about that too. That was actually pretty good. I mean, it only went one season, but I mean, it was kind of the, like the cell shaded computer animated. Yeah, and it looked pretty. I mean, they did a fantastic job on it, and Neil Patrick Harris did an excellent job as doing voicing Spidey and, and hmm. Peter. 
So while Mike's looking that up, let's talk a little bit more TV here. We did mention the electric company already. Yep. And how it terrified me. <laughs> but it was it was teaching you to read because he didn't actually talk, it was just speech bubbles. Right. Everybody else talked and you know. And then yeah. Keith David. Oh, okay. Yep. Well Keith David he, he Keith David's awesome in everything he's in. Oh he's yeah, no, I had no problem with him playing the Black Panther. It was just yeah. the rest of the Fantastic Four like, oh my didn't god, they, he's the like, group bastard gets no food. <laughs> didn't they also do a nineties cartoon for the Incredible Hulk? I'm sure they did. Do you remember okay, going back to Oh the, yeah, with the She Hulk yeah. having the orgasm when she tra- transforms. Oh. No, no, if you watch the clip of the She Hulk transform you can find it on YouTube. It, and then they just close your eyes. It sounds like she's having the biggest orgasm of her life. It's like, oh yes! Oh yes! Oh, I'm feeling good. Ooh, it feels like somebody's lighting my fire. So they just they just take uh, uh, Meg Ryan from when Harry met Sally. Uh, I don't know. Do you remember back? You know, it was after Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends. Immediately after was the Incredible Hulk. Mm-hmm. Oh, who was the voice of Incredible Hulk in that one? I don't remember. But you know who did the voice of Peter Parker in Spider-Man's Amazing Friends? The same dude who did the voice of Bumblebee on Transformers. And, the, and, and that the, confused and the, the and shit the 90, out of me. Didn't he? Didn't he do uh, no, the 90s or was no. that somebody else? Yeah, it was somebody else. No, that was someone else. Okay. Yeah, they, they created Firestar for Spider-Man's Amazing Friends, and then they incorporated her. Then they put her in the comic book, like, like cannon, yeah. four yeah, years later. Yeah, she was in the Hellfire Club for a bit. Yeah. Um, Alright, so, did have you guys ever watched those terrible, horrible TV made-for-TV movie pilots? I did in Puerto Rico, yeah. Oh, I my. I think I've seen some of them, like, where they, they film him jumping backwards off a wall, and then they run it in reverse to show yeah. him Yeah, well, off one, the they, never, they never show him swinging on a web. They never, you never really kind of, I don't know, it was it's just weird, it was, ah, I, I can't. It looked like, I mean, the, the mask made it look like he was wearing Coke bottle glasses on top of the mask. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, he had all those strainers for, eye, um, for eye slits. I can think of something of, of a worse Spider-Man TV the Japanese one. Oh, God. Where Spider-Man has to pilot his own mech. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, it was basically a precursor to uh, um, uh, Power Rangers. Well, not, not, well, you know, the Japanese version. Yeah. At least that costume looks somewhat better than the one that we watched in this off. Oh, my God. I don't know what it was with the 70s and Marvel, like, TV properties, because Captain America... You say anything bad about Incredible Hulk, though, and I will smack you. Oh, no, no, I'm not saying anything about Incredible Hulk. You don't want to make me mad. You won't like Uh, me when I'm angry. And then I have to knock you behind something tall. And then, you know, he'll come out (laughs) painted (laughs) green. All green. Yeah. (laughs) my shirt. Um, Yeah, oh, God. Streaky makeup. Because I just watched this thing on ABC last week. It was the uh, 75th anniversary... Uh, celebration of Captain America, and they did show clips from the 1970s Captain America yeah. oh. thing on the motorcycle, and the, the plexiglass, <laughs> and the, and the plexiglass <laughs> shield. Yeah, I don't think that's vibranium. <laughs> that's totally not vibranium. Actually, actually, just just a little fun little side. Um, you can actually uh, you you you're playing the Marvel um, like a Marvel Avengers, right? Yes. 
You can actually uh, play as Lufa, Lego Luferigno in that. Oh, God. And he, he can actually make him transform into a Hulk. And when he does, uh, Stanley comes in and spray paints him green. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> There's a lot of fun. That game is so much fun. And then when you transform him back, he basically takes a sponge and just squeezes himself clean. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I love that. Alright, so, alright, so, anybody got anything on video games? I know every superhero we, gets their we own. Talk, no, we talked about that one. Marvel, um, um Spider-Man 2 came out. There was, uh, That game was actually Spider-Man okay. The Amazing Spider-Man. Very good. Not, not Amazing Spider-Man, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man. It was on PlayStation 2. Yeah, and it was essentially, they built New York City like, um, like a Grand Theft Auto. It was an open sandbox. It was complete, like, Complete recreation of New York City. I mean, almost perfect recreation of New York City. Actually, they, they've, they've released a couple of games, Spider-Man games, where it's very much a sandbox like that. Um, like there was it, it, one. Well, after that, they, they pretty much follow the same template. Yeah, I mean, there, you know? there was one... Um, well, I mean, they actually did a video game on based on Amazing Spider-Man. That was, yeah. actually, that was actually, actually a pretty fun game. And, you know, they did the one that, you know, Catherine was talking about. Oh, Ultimate yeah. Alliance. No, Ultimate Alliance. Well, there was oh. Ultimate Alliance where you could play as Spider-Man, but you could play as a bunch of other people too. But no, the and the that, one the the, the multiverse uh, spider. Oh yeah, yeah. Shattered dimensions. Shattered dimensions. Where you're and and you're led around by Madame Web. Okay. And then, um, no, Web of Shadows. Web of Shadows, and then that was the, very fun. The fighting games. There's a uh, Capcom. Yeah. There's a uh, Marvel. Yeah. Which you could play as Spider-Man, and there was one that was just just a Marvel fighting game. It wasn't. It wasn't like the Capcom style, but I can't remember what the name of it was. Yeah. Uh, I. I, I, I uh, Spider-Man Web of Shadows. That was a fun game. That was. Yeah, that, that, that was, was a fun. That fun was a game. sandbox game, but basically it was like the symbiotes are taking over New York essentially, and you can actually you could actually switch between like regular Spider-Man, Spider-Man and, and Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Yep. And you know, uh-huh, each one cool. had its own its own powers and weaknesses. That's really that was a fun one. I remember playing the um the Game Boy Spider Man game. Oh wow, I remember which, that one. Which wasn't that bad. Uh, it wasn't it was horrible. A side, was a, side scroller, yeah. yeah. And uh, do you remember the Atari Spider Man, the Atari twenty six hundred Spider Man game? Uh, never played that one. A lot of finesse in trying to get your your web to like hit so you can keep swinging. Actually, you know, for for that era's graphics, it didn't look that bad. Oh, dude, I, I just remembered it. It was like, I think it was either S- NES or SNES. It was mm-hmm. SNES. Spider-Man and X-Men in Arcade's Revenge. Basically, Spider-Man had to, like, rescue an X-Man. Yep. Like, the X-Men are captured by Arcade. Spider-Man's got to go and rescue them. And, you know, once you rescue one of them, then you can choose to play as either Spider-Man or, or the, the other character. Yeah. And then, yeah, as you rescue more, you know... And then, you know, you have to use some, one of them to, you know, you have to use certain X-Men to defeat certain levels. Right. Jubilee was in none of them. No, no, she wasn't. So, um, before, we're going to take a break real quick so we can go over, we put it to Facebook to ask, to, to title our show. So, the, the winner on that was uh, Joe's brother, Ryan. <laughs> uh, there were only two people who actually, like, Stepped up to the plate here and got us some titles. Just brother Ryan gave us like a lot. <laughs> All right, a lot. So Ryan has these are the ones that Ryan has written down for us. Um, okay, yeah, you can call it Craven Peters Arachnads. 
<laughs> the spectacular spinoff. Um, the winner, Uncle Ben, dies again. And again. And again. And, and again. again. Swing Dancing with Peter. Something about Doctober. Joe's brother is an ass. <laughs> the Carnage of Civil War. Electro sucked. The Amazing Reboot. Seriously, guys, we mean it this time. Sony. <laughs> the Mysterious uh, Spider-Man. That's so Craven. Keep Calm and Carrion. And Brett Lundy hates all these fucking puns. <laughs> the only other person who actually came up with anything was um, our buddy Ape Cod, who has the following once this pops up here. Spider-Man, he's good. He, the good, the bad, and Sony's aborted reboot. <laughs> Why doesn't the webbing come out of his ass? This and other burning questions about Spider-Man. 101 actress we would have, actresses we would have preferred over Kirsten Dunst. I actually didn't mind well, Kirsten Dunst. No. There was an interesting nostalgia critic where they actually had a... Um, they kind of had a, a showdown between old and new Spider-Man. Like, and by, by which I mean the movies, and which was better in certain cases. Nobody wanted to talk about Kirsten Dunst as, as Mary Jane compared to Emma Stone as, as Gwen Stacy. Yeah. Well, we almost we almost had Shailene Woodley Woodley as and Mary Jane. Yeah, almost. Yeah, didn't happen because oh well, god, she, this she, movie was she, awful. Well, she filmed; they just cut out all her scenes. Mm. Did we not get anything from uh, Chris's for Chris's no, special corner? No, nothing. Oh. Wow, no KKK. None. KKK. That's not denied. So now we have to talk about this one. This essentially is the reason why we're talking about this show now. Last episode, we were originally going to do the Indiana Jones Retrospecticus. Yep. And then, I was one, like, right at, right before the show, while Mike was editing the show, Autumn and I were watching this thing, Lindsay Ellis, the Nostalgia Chick, was talking about Spider-Man, Turn Off the Dark. <laughs> <laughs> and I became inspired that we had to discuss this, we have to discuss Spider-Man, we have to discuss this musical. That's how his mind works, people. Yep. It's a scary place. Guys, this is the most expensive musical ever made on Broadway. And the and biggest it didn't, bomb. It, the biggest bomb on Broadway history. No, I, thought it, I thought it did eventually make its money back. No. No. I guess I guess the, the, the way of thinking was it had to sell out every show for 15 years in um, order to recoup its money. Because it's not just the initial... No. It's not just the initial um, investment of the production stuff. It's all the post-production work afterwards, and continually paying your actors every night to perform this. This isn't like a movie where at some point there is an end to it. I mean, and that's where we kind of get like that three, you know, that general three times the production budget yeah. is after anything beyond that makes your profit. That's not the way that Broadway musicals work. Eventually, you catch up to, um, to breaking even. And something like this was so expensive... It was never going to break even. Oh, my God. I listened to this today. <laughs> I listened to this music today, and it ranges... You took one for the team, folks. I took one for the team. He's a masochist. The, the music ranges anywhere from just completely unmemorable and unspectacular to comparable to that really shitty U2 album. Because the music was written by Bono and the Edge. <laughs> that really shitty U2 album that everybody got forced on them at once, like... Oh. It was a Happy Meal toy version of a U2 album. <laughs> it had, like, one motion, and that's about it. 
So, not Joshua Tree. No, no. <laughs> not by a long shot. I'd be lucky if this were Zuropa. Wow. <laughs> wow, yeah. It's bad. Um, and we all know the stories, too, about the um, the the amount of injuries. Right. Like, oh, one yeah. guy had, like, severe spinal damage because he fell off of one of the things. And, yep. didn't, it, and it, was, it was such, like, a donkey thing to do, too. He just didn't snug his harness in properly. He didn't, like, stitch the harness in properly. Yeah. Um, there's actually a book called The Song of, Sp- of Spider-Man, which I have read, because I'm fascinated by this train wreck. Um, <laughs> oh my god. The one guy who was essentially kind of the overseer of the whole thing will never do another show again because of the night, the sheer no, nightmare. Her, uh, what was her name? Julie? Julie Taymor. Julie Taymor, yep. The biggest issue with this was it was a battle of egos. It was a oh, battle of production egos, directorial e- egos. Edge, Edge and um, the Edge and Bono were just kind of on for the ride. Right. They seemed to actually genuinely have wanted to make a good thing, and then were told, just make more U2 music. All right. <laughs> no, seriously, there's a song that sounds just like Vertigo. Like, legit. If it weren't written by the same guys, they'd be playing them royalties. <laughs> it's bad. And also, all the villains, they got wrong, too. Like, there's this big parade of villains, and um, Green Goblin comes out in, like, this green kabuki makeup. Oh, God. And then, like, Swarm comes out. And Swarm, essentially, is a dude who is essentially wearing, like, one of those big styrofoam balls with a whole bunch of, like, dowels pointing out of it with other bees, like, surrounding <laughs> it. The lizard is essentially, like, alien chest bursting its way out of this, this, this inflatable scientist. Oh, and Bonesaw McGraw, you know, the... Um, the wrestler, yeah. yeah. The wrestler is nothing more than a pool toy. He's like literally an inflatable pool toy that this poor stage tech has to move around the stage when Spider-Man fights him. But, um, but that doesn't make sense because... Bonesaw is really... Um... <laughs> <laughs> If you, if you can't, I mean, it's a nice dress. You want to get that for you? <laughs> I'm kind of hoping that this is the kind of thing that they release on DVD, like they do with so many like Broadway musicals, just so I can actually see it in its full horrible glory. But if you if it never comes on, go to YouTube to check out Nostalgia Chick because she does this whole thing with actually Todd in the Shadows, who's one of my favorite music critics. It's great. Oh God. So now on to the movies! Yay! Yay! Yay. We all... Thank you, Sam Raimi. Thank you, Sam. Seriously, that first movie. That blew, that first movie. The first movie mind. was pretty good. Yeah. That, I mean, I because I'd never seen anything like it that. It blew my doors off because I was expecting on maybe on par with that first 2000 X Men movie. Yeah. Which yeah. I didn't love. Well, I mean, the first X Men movie was really more of a, was more of a Pro, uh, prologue, really. Right. It was, well, the, okay. thing, it was the, thing, the start of the story. It wasn't the full story. The thing going into into, into Spider-Man was, how are they going to pull off the acrobatics? Yeah. You know, how how are you going to make make it believable that Spider-Man was swinging through Manhattan? Right. And Simple. Hire a guy from Cirque du Soleil. Yeah. Oh, but God, did they pull it off. Yeah, they, they got a guy from Cirque du Soleil who was totally <coughs> invested in recreating the positions and the poses and the famous style of of, of Spider-Man. Yeah. I thought the costume 
I, I think out of... Oh, I love the, co- the costume. I, the, co- the costume is great. Yeah. Actually, you know, at, when it came out, I got the art book for it. Mm-hmm. And if you saw some of the concepts that they were thinking about for the oh, costume... God. It's like, oh, like they had like a trans- transparent like plastic mask that they were going to put them in... Do oh, it was so awful idea. So, so the fact that the fact that they went with a classic costume was like perfect. Do you remember the a bit of controversy around the uh, the, the uh, marketing of this film at the start? Yeah, because of that the, first trailer. The first yes. trailer had the twin towers in it. In between the twin towers, with a helicopter stuck in it. Whoa! Yeah, I can't show that too much anymore. Yeah, yeah. and then and then the towers came down. I was like, oops. <laughs> Guys, we can change all of our marketing, right? Yeah, we're going to make like $500 million on this thing, so go ahead. Do well, that. I had to get pulled out. Well, I guess if you try, if you can find one of the posters, there's a poster yeah. that has a reflection of the Twin Towers yeah. in one of his eyes. I, I guess after that, they airbrushed them all out. So if you can find one of the ones with the, hmm. the uh, Twin Towers, I guess it's worth some money. I'm not surprised. I mean, it was a really... Here's the thing that I, I always point to this about that first movie. Origin story is done in ten minutes. Right. You yeah. move right on to the action. You don't have to spend an like. Was it? But, like, I think, but I think simply because this was the first Spider-Man movie, and they've been trying for like two decades to get a blockbuster Spider-Man movie. Including James movie. Cameron. Even James Cameron. <laughs> have you ever read that script, by the way? Oh yeah. Oh, it's horseshit. Oh, that is awful stuff. But. You kind of had to do the origin story, the full origin story with the, the first, this first Spider-Man. Yeah. 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 And, the, and, and the, the reboot, you didn't need it, but... But they did it anyway. They did it anyway. No, but they did it anyway, and they kind of messed the whole thing up, but... No, but I mean, with this with this origin, I mean, it was it was fairly close to the comics. I mean, they get more well, organic web shooters. Well, you know what it was? It, it came out around the same time that Ultimate Spider-Man came out. Right. And it was kind of that same... Instead of the radiated spider, it was a biologically in- bioengineered spider, and it, it, it worked for the times. Yeah. Yep. And I, like I said, I had no problem. Like we were talking the other day during Civil War, I had no problem with the, the organic web shooters. I had, I had it kind none. Of fit in with the whole concept of yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah. I mean, the the idea is, you know, was was the one trait of a spider that you most associated the web. webs? Yeah. So that's the one power that is not bestowed upon Peter. Right. And I mean, it, it it was it was kind of ironic that after they did the first reboot, that the thing that people pushed back the most on when when the O2 Spider-Man got released was uh, organic webs. He wasn't going to use web shooters like in the comic book, and people kind of gradually grew to accept that as just being that's how it is. Right. I, mean, the, I mean, for the most part, if you didn't grow up reading the comic books or anything like that, or you know, even if you did. You're screwed to accept it. It's not a big deal. And then they went back to them. And it was like, oh, and the, the, they were trumpeting that. They, they did such a good job. Sam Raimi did such a good job of introducing the web shooters. It's just like a part of natural progression of him becoming... Oh, that started. whole thing when he's trying he's to, like, do them, yeah. Come on! Fly! Up, up, and away! Go, web! Fly! Up, up, and away, Web! Shazam! Go! Go! Go, Web, go! In, uh, in that storyline, uh, Spider-Man the Other, that actually, they, he actually does go to organic yeah, rap shooters. Yeah, they, they pretty much junk that pretty quickly after that. Right. For a while, he does have organic web shooters. But, I mean, it was, it was, it was kind of, 
vicariously living through Peter Parker because he's finding all these, all these superpowers. I mean, I know it's kind of a silly trope, but then he wakes up and he's like, he's got like abs. He's like, oh yeah, when he's check, I mean, <laughs> he goes to bed sick and then he comes in so and he like, takes his glasses off and he's just posing. Are you feeling okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's the other thing too. I really like Tobey Maguire, and I know that that's that's a that's a point of controversy now. Apparently, he, well, the thing with Tobey is he did a great, great Peter Parker. Now I don't know that this is Tobey faults, Tobey's fault per se. It might have been the writers and Sam Raimi, but as Spider Man, he was too serious. The Spider-Man that I know, he was, he was a wisecracking, quipping yeah. kind of. Yeah, he quipped he does, a little, but not a, not. Well, the, the reason the reason is is the reason Spider Spidey does that is to hide his fears and insecurities. Right. He, he is, the Spider-Man persona is his confidence, and that allows him to to be quippy and wisecracking. I didn't see a whole lot of that. I have, a, I, I have a feeling. I have a feeling that's you know that's the writers and that's right. Know, and I, I, I mean, did, he did it a couple. He did it a couple times during Spider Man. Well, that, that thing with with um, Bone Saw. Nice outfit. Did your husband buy that yeah, for yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Or, or or during during the fight with uh, his first fight with Doc Ock in the bank. He's yeah. Like, You're becoming very annoying. He's like, yeah, I get that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you, you haven't been in many, in many fights, have you? There's not really not, not this much talking. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. My bad. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there later. Actually, yeah. I want to just say one thing about the co- the costume. We, we looked at the costume. It is great. The thing is that there's an internet meme that goes around for We Who Sew. And it's like, you know, you may have superpowers, but they didn't teach you how to sew knits. Do you even own a serger? <laughs> <laughs> but um, um, speaking of costumes, though, the one costume that didn't really work in that one. Green Goblin. Goblin. It was just—it uh, was just goofy looking. That's so. I loved. I loved the weird outline about how he was scary in that mask, but he's scarier without. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Willem Dafoe. Oh yeah. yeah. Could just <laughs> scare the pants when, off when, anybody. When Willem Dafoe did that, like, that really weird smile, I was like, dude, just paint that green, and you got the Green Goblin right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't bother with the mask. Yeah, that's a. Oh god, you know it's just. I think that the film, that your, your costumers are in an unenviable position at that at that point in time. I mean, and I know we're going to be talking about it in a few minutes. It worked a hell of a lot better than whatever the fuck that was in Amazing Spider-Man Two. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's it's tough. It is so yeah. tough to say if that really was the best option. Yeah, he looked like a Power Ranger. Yeah. 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 The the glider looked which great is, though. Which is. Not to take away from Willem Dafoe's performance, because he did a great job of showing, right, yeah. well, showing hair, of showing Norm's descent. Into yeah. Insanity. Yeah. But yeah. it was so all of it was so hidden by that, by that mask. Yeah. Yeah. Mask, yeah. With the eye, the eye things. Yeah. yeah. But then we get uh, Spider-Man Two. Oh my God, oh. Spider-Man Two in my book ranks in the top five greatest superhero movies ever made. Easily. Yeah, I watched yeah. that again last night. It is so good. Right. That, fight, that fight scene on the train. That the train scene, the whole train scene, I love. I love the fight yeah. scene. Yeah, and that and, that, and, and I love the part the where he stops the train. The extended fight scene is way better than what was shown in the uh, in the movie the movie theater. The theatrical cut. Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Man Two Point Five, I think is the name of the. All right. Movie. Oh. I haven't watched that one. Yeah. I don't think anyone was quite prepared for how good of a job Alfred Molina did. Here's the thing. When we watched that movie the first time, and 
Peter's having dinner with with um with Otto Octavius and his wife. Yeah. And I'm watching that and I'm like, God damn them. They are really making me like this guy. Exactly. Yep. And I know what's gonna happen. Yep. But the entire time what I loved about it was that he fought. There were times when he gave into it, but for the most part, he fought. And at the very end, he where he finally won. like fights back, no, like you are gonna listen to me. to me. Yeah. He's right. Listen. Listen to me now. Listen to me now. Yep. yep. And, oh. And I, I. And he goes. He goes from you know just okay because because my boss says I have to I will just amuse the kid and then he ends up having him over for dinner with the wife yeah and they're like what have we been talking about all day well because well, because he 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 sees Peter as an intellectual equal right, right. Yeah. you know and so that's like. I can talk to this kid. This kid's on the same level as I am. Yeah, and, I mean, and not only unfamiliar, but also like the whole storyline of him losing his powers, mm. and they they never really give a, a concrete reason for why. It's just it's like tie, yeah, it's yeah. Just tied to his like his self confidence. Yeah, and him running up the elevator. Oh, with <laughs> did you make that yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of rides up in the crowd. <laughs> 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 and doing the laundry and turning everything it was I mean and what I also admire too and this is just more on a filmmaking standpoint the first Spider-Man was shot in 185 okay the aspect ratio was 185 yeah but in order to capacitate the hugeness of Doc Ock's like wingspan so to speak yeah. they actually ramped it down to full cinemascope 235 and a lot of filmmakers don't do that they like stick with one format and stick with it the entire time. Mm. So I really, I admire that. This is a film nerd. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, and you got some classic Sam Raimi snap zooms in the uh, operation scene where they were trying to get the, the, the tentacles off. Yeah. yeah. God. That was terrifying. That, that was, was a, that, that was, was a scary very, scene. Yeah, it's very scary. Yeah. I just, you know what, it just, it was, it really just was a, was a good complete movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and it honored the source material. It honored the character. Um, and that train scene, like you said before, the train scene is really what gets you because it it humanizes everything. Yeah. When. But then, you know what? It also it, it, it plays into that whole aspect of Peter that he never give he never gives up. Right. You know. I mean, he gets thrown from a train. He gets thrown from forty feet up in the air in the train in a moving train. What's he do? He's on the floor. He 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 whips the uh, he w- yeah in a Christ-like pose and stops the train. Yeah, you know, one thing we haven't mentioned yet. Yeah, J. Jonah Jameson. Oh. oh, J.K. Simmons was such a find for that movie that I found it like offensive in the Mark Webb movies that they didn't even bother oh, with the character. No. Well, actually, I didn't I didn't mind that because I was like, how are you, you going to replace, replace it? Right. Yeah. I mean, if you want to talk about comic book likenesses, seriously, he was, he was everything I imagined Jake Jonah Jameson to be. I, yeah. I, I watched I watched his uh, his uh, audition reel on the special features on the first one. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, all you do is put the hair on him, and you're done. Yeah. yeah. Could you pay me in advance? <laughs> you serious? Thank you for what? Standing there? God, he's so good in that. He was 
perfect. He, he is. I mean, I. If he wasn't playing um, you know, Commissioner Gordon in the new Justice League movie, he should play um, J. Jonah uh, Jameson until the end of time. Because he's so perfect in that role. Well, aren't they bringing Gary Oldman to play Jameson? I thought there was going to be this weird flip. <laughs> I don't see Gary. That'd be interesting. Who knows? Who knows? That'd be a real interesting yeah. casting. All right. That'd be really weird, but yeah. Yeah. All right, and then Trust Marvel, I guess. Spider-Man Three. I don't think Spider-Man Three is the crime against humanity. A lot of people think it's, it's, it is. It's not. They they went the too many villains route. Yeah, they they, they went the Batman and Robin too many route. route. Too many villains route, and. Uh, there it, are it, the the whole Venom thing just felt so rushed. There are there's yeah, a they, lot they of good more time right. On that. There was a lot of good in that movie. It counteracts some. Wasn't that the last movie the Topher Grace did too? Counteract what? No. Or you did Ocean's Eleven. He was in Predators. Oh. Kind of reminds me a little bit of BBS in that. You can tell that there's a good movie in there, but it's covered the with so much the potential, crap. The potential is up on the screen. Yeah, but right. it's covered with so much crap that it's hard to see it. Right. I mean, the, the things that are really, really good about that movie, um, I think the visuals on that movie are great. Yeah. The action sequences oh, yeah. are still really good. I actually like Thomas Hayden Church. As Sandman. Yeah. I really thought well, that, yeah, was that was a good, he, grounded he's, he's, performance. Yeah, he's a good, he's a good actor. So yeah. I mean. Yeah. What do you think of Bryce Howard as uh, Gwen Stacy? Uh, wait, was she in that movie? She was underused. And Useless. There, there was really Useless. No, There's really no point to having her as being Gwen Stacy. She was just a random character. Right. 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 Um, I mean, Peter was kind of a dick in that movie. Emo <laughs> Peter, yeah. Emo Peter, yeah. That dance off there. Well, the, pro- the, the problem was is the whole kind of first half of the movie, or first act of the movie, you had... Kind of a really overconfident Spider-Man, Peter. Right. Peter. Yeah, he was mm. he was very very high on his own. Right. Exactly. Well, he was able to balance the two, his personal and his superhero life, and which that's is, which which is something that drives every Spider-Man movie. Is, no, he can't balance right. the two, or every Spider-Man story, I should say, he can't balance the two. That that was kind of like the beginning of Sony getting their fingers into Marvel into into Spider-Man, just comes well, the, the, the board, yeah, the boardroom kind of decide make it start making. Yeah. More decisions. straight up decisions. Yeah. Um, one of the decisions that you find going forward, it was that you know, not letting Tobey Maguire wear the mask all that much. Like that thing came off all the time. Right. Um, I had actually heard rumors that when they were doing their initial casting, they were looking at Vin Diesel for Venom, and he was yeah. like, "I don't want, I don't want my face covered." Well, that's kind of the whole point. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, obviously, your your next choice, if you don't get Vin Diesel, is Topher totally Grace. Topher Grace. Well, well, Sam Raimi was going for the, the mirror flip on uh, Tobey Maguire. Which is understandable. But he took, I mean... I, I, mean I, I understand why they did the decisions they did. It just, it's not the Venom that I don't think, I think anyone was looking for. Hey, Parker. My God, Eddie... Ooh, my spider sense is tingling. If you know what I'm talking about. They were looking for something more true to the comics, and they got... uh, They got not the comics. Right. I think Venom looked pretty good for movie Venom. And this is, I think, this is kind of a superficial thing for me. The, The problem that I had was... It wasn't the classic black 
Spidey costume. Right. It was just, we'll take the normal costume and paint it black. Yep. We'll sell more toys that way. You know, I, I didn't mind that it wasn't like a big bulky um, Venom yeah. suit. Uh, I just, I don't know. It, it just, it, it, something about it just didn't click for me. Didn't yeah. Click for a lot of people right. from what I hear. Yeah. I. But is it the crime against humanity? No, nah, I don't know. Uh, it, it, there's a lot of good. It's, it's, you know, the, the other thing too is that this is the last movie before MCU burst out. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's the other thing too is it suffers by comparison because timing was terrible for that. And not, let's not try, forget um, James Franco's turn as the oh god thing. Yeah, he did like three turns in that movie. Smug asshole James Franco. I'm bad. I'm yeah. good. I'm bad. I'm good. However, that yeah, scene that, that however that scene uh, that of uh, him chasing Peter through that alleyway. Yeah. Was pretty damn good. Uh, on his uh, flying uh, skateboard. Yeah. Yeah. But it's easy, but it looked, it looked we, we, we never once discovered discussed his butler. Oh God! Butler of exposition. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, you know your your father did this and this and this. There was no way that really? Spider-Man would have killed him. I love you. You kind of <laughs> told me that like two movies ago. The night your father died, I cleaned his wound. The blade that pierced his body came from his glider. There's no question your father died by his own hand. You are so fired. What? You've known that all this time. Uh, and you picked now to tell me? I thought this would be the best time to tell you the truth. I took a grenade to the face, dude! Yeah, that was that was really bad, and, and James Franco in general is just... He, he's good in, when the role suits him, that role did not suit him. No. Well, he, so, he showed up. The, the first scene he did was the scene in the hospital. And he'd been told that he was supposed to look like this and this and this. And he showed up with his hair dyed black. And Sam's like, yeah, no. So they had to, like, color time everything to try to get the hair to kind of be like, uh, color. Uh, um, yeah. He's, he's a goofball. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's an ass. So... Then they decide that they're going to reboot the whole thing, which which makes no sense. And that made no sense at all. I mean, I understand you weren't going to get Raimi back, and you weren't going to get Tobey Maguire back. You but you, have, you could have kept going. Would have pulled the James Bond and just kept going with it. Yep. W- w- weren't they going to go with the Vulture for a Spider-Man Four movie? Yeah. That was going to be yeah, the Vulture, which I suppose I've heard that they're going to be using for Spider-Man: Homecoming. Maybe. Maybe is he the janitor? Well, I mean, originally, I guess they were looking at oh, who, um, uh, Michael Keaton, Keaton to play, play the, Vulture. the Vulture. Okay, but then that fell through. Yeah, it, it depends. I mean, it depends how, how they make. They right. Them, but but yeah. all right. So Mark Webb, now who that, had had no experience doing an action now, movie, given that it was wholly unnecessary to reboot it. Right. The Amazing Spider-Man actually turned out very well, in my opinion. The first movie, I think, is. It's enjoyable. It, it is it's, an enjoyable. It's movie. not. It's not a perfect movie, but it's not. And, and 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 the thing is, and Andrew Garfield was the complete flip of Tobey Maguire. A, pe- a really bad Peter Parker. Really bad Peter really Parker. Great Spider-Man. Really good Spider-Man. Just let me go. Is that a knife? Is that a okay. real knife? Yes, it's a real knife. My weakness. It's small knives. Just let me go. Anything but knives. Oh, it's so simple. There was something about the New Yorkness of the whole thing of, of his Spider-Man I, that rubbed me the wrong way. Mm-hmm. 
you know, the I'm walking here, well, you, you know, that. that well, that, that kind of became grading in Amazing, in Amazing Spider-Man 2. That was a little too much. But right, I'm amazed that they, like every time he talked to a villain or like have him strung up or something, like that, he didn't grab his balls afterwards. You know, said his thing, grabbed his balls, and then uh, I, I just didn't like the fact that Peter Parker was skateboarding to work, um, and he was he was like a and like a like a, 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 a misunderstood loner. Uh, yeah, no, that's not Peter that's Parker. Not Peter. Peter Parker is is a. Uh, Wallflower, who's a you know right exactly. Nerd. He wants to be liked by everybody, but he right. can't because he's a nerd. And he doesn't uh, he doesn't steal all of his uh, webbing from Oscorp. And <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 a step up from Spider-Man Three, <laughs> but it's, it's not it's not Spider-Man One or Two. I no. could have done completely without the daddy issues part of it. Yeah. The thing is, is that you know, for the most part, at least on the early, you know the the early going on Spider-Man's character, the the parents never Peter's history with his own parents never factored yeah, into anything. I think, I think they showed up in like one Spider-Man annual, and that was the only time you've ever heard about right. Peter right. Parker's parents. And and now in uh, Amazing Spider-Man one and two, they're a central plot line. Like, right. Where the hell did that come oh, from? God. Yeah, I don't know. There was, I, I watched that movie, and, and because I love Spider-Man's one and especially two so much, I watched that, and I texted Mike, and I'm like, this movie is daring me to hate every frame of it. <laughs> There's just something about everything in that movie that, like, drove me nuts. And there was some good... There was, you know, going back, there is some good stuff. The chemistry between Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield is undeniable. It's off the charts. It's the charts. really well, oh, considering they're a real life couple now yeah. too. Which are they still going out? I yeah, have I no idea. Oh. Well, yeah, because someone has a career and one of them doesn't. <laughs> the guy, the person who doesn't have a career, rhymes with Andrew Garfield. So <laughs> he's still doing movies. Going, he, in fact, he's doing a uh, he's doing a Martin Scorsese movie. Is he? Yeah. Yeah. All um, right. Him and um, oh, is it Christian Bell? Uh, it's, it's probably DiCaprio. I mean, it's but, Scorsese. I mean, like, like I said, I had no problem. I and thought Andrew Garfield did a great job as Spider-Man. Okay. You know, especially during that fight scene with the lizard in the high school. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was like classic Spider-Man quipping. Yeah, he's getting his butt kicked, but he's still, you know, wise ass about it. I, I do, I do like when he, when he shows up like um in the back of that police car with the with the gun. I was like, yeah. but you, you, I'm dressed like this, and you think I'm a cop? <laughs> Hey, the guy's trying to get out. No, no, go ahead, genius. No, keep keep trying. Go ahead. He's like, here's the web at him. <clears throat> you know, in the future, if you're going to steal cars, don't dress like a car thief, man. What are you? You a cop? Really? You seriously think I'm a cop? Cop in a skin-tight red and blue suit. You know, you're... You've you're, you're, got a mind of a true scholar, sir. I, I was going more for one of the guys who do the luge. Good thinking, good thinking. Use the window. Get out the window. There you go, you got it. Whoa. So, yeah, as Spider-Man, he, he had the quipping this down. Yeah. All right, and then that brings us to Amazing Spider-Man 2, which is... They, they jumped straight in, you know, second movie, too many villains. Yep. I remember but, that, but too. You know what? It was... I was like, wait, they're gonna... And, and, and... I'm like, oh, you're doomed. It was because... Well, it was because they're trying to... They were trying to set up the Spider-Verse. The Spider-Verse. Once again, Sony decides, you know what? Let's try and get all of our hands into the par into the party now. It it yeah it's because I mean even for the the most voracious defenders of the first movie, 
all that goodwill was gone by this movie. I mean, yeah. yeah. I remember when they announced how many villains were going to be in it. Yep. And it was like, did you learn nothing from Batman and Robin? Nope. Nope. Or Spider-Man 3? No, nope. apparently not. To because... be fair, there were only really two villains in that, and then there was Paul Giamatti. As yeah, as... bad enough. Oh, God. <laughs> I would get Spider and then I'll get Moose and Squirrel. Which is a shame. Which is a shame because of all the Spider-Man movies, that one had the best, most true to comic book costume. Yeah, that Robo um, Rhino was not true to form costume. Well, no, but I'm talking the Spider-Man costume. The, I mean, oh, the yeah. eye shape was exactly like in the comic books. The the overall look of the costume was exactly like in the comic books. Yeah, yeah. and I'll agree with that. I thought that the co- especially that costume, it looked a lot better than the first costume, which yeah. essentially was made out of basketball material. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's just everything about that movie was just stupid. I mean, really. <laughs> I mean. Jamie Foxx is, like, just obsessive about Spider-Man, and then he becomes a villain. Um, the soundtrack. Yeah. The soundtrack was a mishmash of all these different artists who got to kind of do, like, Electro's inner monologues. Yeah, don't forget, we we got to hear what Jamie Foxx was thinking, because it was in the music before he was talking, when he was on, on screen. I didn't care. You I gotta, didn't want to hear if you movie. didn't, if you missed that or didn't see this, didn't you see have to movie. watch it. We, <laughs> whenever, yeah, whenever he's on screen as Electro, like the background music has got, they're lying, they're lying, lying to you, you hate you, you want to kill them. In the background, I'm like, what the fuck is that? That oh. was, Voices in My Head was amusing as a Dennis Leary song, but that's it. Oh, yeah. God. It is... It, I mean, we saw it, the three yeah, of us saw it, a couple times. by ourselves. There was nobody else in the theater. Oh, so, oh my God, did we have at it. <laughs> it was... It's not a good movie. Oh, no. The one redeeming shot of that entire movie, and this was a really cool shot, and it's at the end... Cause it's Are you spoiler talking about the alert. spider hand? The spider hand was kind of cool. That, that creeped me out. I was like, oh, well, I'm going to shoot spider uh, web, and now it looks like a glowing hand. I yeah. kind of like that, only because it was like his last attempt to try to save her. Yeah. Oh, come on. It, the, the entire movie was just built up to be a, we're going to kill off Gwen Stacy now. Well, yeah. They kind of gave it away in the trailers when you, she's wearing the exact same, same outfit. outfit. Yeah. That's, That's the that, only reason body. they brought in um, a Green Goblin. Pretty much. Oh, let's have her. Let's have them show up for five minutes to kill Gwen Stacy and then get beaten to a pulp. Okay, fine. Done. Dane DeHaan. This that that kid had no career after that movie. He, he like vanished. And no, he was, he's doing some sci-fi. Because he was doing. He was on the same trajectory as James Franco. James Franco originally was going to do like this full-length uh, biopic on James Dean, and then it went away. Yeah. And then Dane DeHaan was going to do the exact same thing. Now Dane Franco was making Seth movies with Seth Rogen. Well, there's no problem with that. They were actually quite funny together. Yeah. All right. So that brings us to the the, the third time's a charm. 
Finally. Welcome home. Welcome home, Spidey. You're back in the Marvel MCU universe now. Hey, everyone. Yeah, we don't really it's... need to start a conversation. Okay. Um, and this actually is kind of where we're going to leave off because um, I'd be remiss if we if we talk about Spider-Man in Captain America Civil War, we have to re- review the entire movie. Yep. And we'll try oh, yeah. to keep it as spoiler-free as possible. Um, I, let's saw, just... I just saw it again today. Yeah, I know. I saw, I saw, I it, saw it again uh, about six hours ago. Four hours ago. Yeah. I saw it yesterday. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. What? Hey, first of all, Tom Holland may yes. have been the perfect blend of both Peter yeah, again, Spider-Man. Again, this is probably it, to the, up to the right to the writers, but this is the perfect blend. Well, yes, yeah, it's partly the writers, but if you can't deliver it, then it's not gonna right. Work. And he delivered. I mean, he, he nailed. He nailed both Peter Parker and Spidey. I, I I think it's still too early to say if he's the perfect Peter Parker Spider-Man, but it gets us really amped up to see what what he's gonna give us in Homecoming. Right. right. I mean, I love the nervousness of the teenager who's just trying to keep his secret. Right. Yeah. Even when Tony Stark is already onto him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. You just get that on YouTube, right? But then, but then he, then he, as Spider Man, you still got that quippy, wisecrack. Just can't shut Look, up. He was such a fanboy in that in that sequence in the airport sequence. This is the only real like extended <laughs> battle that Spider Man's in. He's such a fanboy. He's so happy to be there. Big fan. <laughs> You have a metal arm? That is awesome, dude. Well, Ant-Man was, too. Mm. Yeah. He's like, Hi, it's so good I'm to meet you. I'm I think your hands too long. <laughs> I said, you too, you're awesome. You're a shield, Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I mean... The stuff with Spider-Man, I was... We were all, because we all were sitting oh, we right next to each other. We were having nerd gavel like... Oh. <laughs> oh, it was so great. It was, it was a payoff that... That you wanted. It was it was exactly the payoff that you wanted. I wasn't yeah. left wanting... I mean, obviously, I was wanting more. But I wasn't left wanting something that I was expecting that wasn't going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. And... Oh Jesus! The costume looked great. The subtlety mm. of you know, you know, this is a Tony Stark suit, so the eyes can can dilate well, they, and, and the way they explained and the way they explained it too. Because oh, yeah. a lot of people were like, "Well, why is it, why did the eyes lift move?" And the way they explained it is like, "Well, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Why?" Yeah, they, they they explain it in the in his introduction. Yeah, scene, his senses why, are amped up. Yeah, and he needs that, or else everything is like, it, it, it yeah. overwhelms him. Yeah. 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 Can you can you see out of these lines? But oh, but you know that the eyes always change the size in the comics. Yeah, right, exactly. Because in the movies they were static, and so now they've got the Tony Stark technology, so that they do move. So and hopefully, with, hopefully as that expresses hopefully himself. that means they don't have to keep taking his mask off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, nothing against Tom Holland, but you know, I want to see, when I see Spider Man, I want to see Spider Man. Right. Yeah, that, that was actually my one issue with Spider-Man 2, is that it seems like every five seconds he's ripping that mask yeah, off. Yeah, take that mask right? off. Yeah, I mean, it made one sense when, you know, like that explosion hit his face and he had to take it off. But yeah. Right, because it was burning his mask off. Right. But, you know, he's, he's, on, he's on a subway car, he's knocking unconscious, his mask is off, and pretty much everyone in New York sees who it is, and they just give him his mask yeah, off. Yeah. Before the age of camera phones. Yeah. Because there's, yeah. you know, people in New York are going to be quiet about it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, um... 
Yeah, it was. It, I mean, what would you say it was on screen for? A total of maybe 10, 10 no. minutes. Well, the, well, I'd say about 20, 25 minutes. Twenty, twenty-five minutes. Well, I mean, the the, the the airport scene itself was about eighteen minutes, seventeen, eighteen minutes. Right. Then you had like then, then you had like five minutes of him as Peter. Yeah. You know, yeah. and him front and, and back. Yeah. Because yeah. if you don't stay till the very, very, very end of a Marvel if movie, you you're a fucking idiot. Right. If you haven't been to actually, uh, when I was in there today. Yeah, um, I mean, it was a 3 o'clock showing, so there's nobody in there. Yeah. But, you know, I was sitting there, and then, you know, the first post-grade sequence comes on, goes on, and I look back, and everyone leaves. I'm like, really? Have you How been, dumb are you? I'm just sitting there. Well, so I, said, I, went to, I went yesterday with my brother. I took my brother to go see it, and, you know, it was the same thing. Where after the mid-credit scene, everybody starts leaving. I'm like... Have you people not been to a Marvel movie before? Hello. I was literally the only person in, in the in the theater that saw that final credit. Oh Jesus. Jesus! Why? You should know by now, people. Yeah. You but go, beyond, you but, go pee, and then come back. But beyond Spider-Man, the movie itself just hit all the right beats, yeah. all the right notes. This movie is getting lauded as being one of the best superhero movies ever made, and I agree. Now there's there is that you know the contention whether or not. It's better or just kind of a close second to Winter Soldier. Depends on where you're... What, I guess it depends on the angle you're coming from on that. Because It's continuing the story. The thing is, right. it's like watching very long episodes of TV where the characters don't have, you know, have progression from movie to movie. They don't have a huge arc within the film. Right, they have right. a huge arc across all the films. But I got the feeling, though, because I mean, the, the, the Russo brothers directed both of these movies, but they both felt very much like different movies. Mm-hmm. The way that they were staged, the it, but it, it's which do you think had more emotional impact, this one or Winter Soldier? Well, you know what, this one I think. Yeah, I would say this See, one. I, I don't know. For me, Winter Soldier had so much, in, and, and I always go back to that initial scene when when Cap realizes that it's Bucky, mm-hmm. right? Winter Soldier, and that look on his face, and then he's just he's not the same after that from that movie on. We go ahead. But, but the thing with, with with Civil War is this tension between Cap and, and Iron Man has been there from the beginning. So right. it's just a culmination of what you knew was coming along right. since the Avengers. Yeah. Right. But I think that the emotional heft of, of Civil War is the fact that now Cap realizes all the horrible shit that his best friend did and he still has to stick with him during all of that. And you know what? I will give credit to, to the screenwriters and the Russo brothers what they did with Baron Zemo, perfect. Yeah, yeah. They, the way they pulled it off, I mean, I didn't, I even, I, Andy and I, we were talking while we were watching, I'm like, and I told you, and I was like, this is what, this is what, it, he's like, yeah, but I figured it out. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, You're at the beginning of the movie. Where, are you, where have you been? <laughs> but I don't want to give it away, but it wasn't until the second time you see. Yeah, it makes total sense. Right, because then, then you see the, the license plate, and you figure, oh, okay, now yeah. I know. But, but, you know, it's weird. Like, a, a lot of reviewers I've been reading and watching have been saying, like, you know, it's the the biggest problem that he had was it was a throwaway villain. It was a bad guy. No. 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 no, no way. This, this, he was my second, he's my second favorite villain of the world. so diabolical. This was, this was a perfect example of misdirection. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they pulled it off perfectly the way they for, for me the perf the i mean I, I, not really a, it's not really a uh, a spoiler but he has a line that's like right near the end where he says 
Yeah. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't defeat them. You know, yeah, stronger, stronger, stronger men than, than me I, have tried. But if I could make them, if I could, if the Avengers can beat themselves from within, it's, it's essentially along the yeah, lines of that. They, they yeah. can destroy and, each other just, just fine. And, and, and you know, I, I, was, I was watching it again the second time. It, it struck me even more. He did what no other Marvel no villain, super no, no villain, in, in any of the MC movies have done so far. He beat the Avengers. Right. He destroyed the Avengers, and he didn't even throw a punch. Right. So I, I actually I came to this realization like um, two days ago. I, I had one I had one full day of watching of after seeing the movie and thinking about it. I was like, you know, I was just going going through the movie. I was like, you know what? There was not a single thing in this movie I did not like. No. No. I mean, ten, this is my favorite MCU movie. You, you, you're looking over here. You're, you're you're focused over here, but then Baron Zemo's over here doing right. this. You're not even paying yeah. attention to what he's doing. I'm, right. I'm actually putting this one above the Avengers. Not you. I my, I think I'm doing the same thing. I mean, it, I, I mean, it's, nothing, it's, tough, no, it's tough for me. I mean, nothing will nothing will top that moment where you when, see the, them come together for the first time. Right. But if you take the movie as a whole. This one is just the, this movie from a filmmaking standpoint is a master class yeah. in action direction because and storytelling yeah storytelling yeah, um, there was a lot of story and you still got a lot of action yeah but the airport scene the airport scene is a ma- is a masterwork in terms of being able to focus on multiple yeah. moving parts of this sequence. Without like doing like that shitty Michael Bay thing where you know loud noises and explosions, right. and that's really all that matters. With this, you move through the scene. Somebody moves to another end of the table, and then you focus on whom they're fighting with, and then that moves, and it just it just it weaves. It, it yeah. flows and weaves, and you can tell exactly who is fighting who. You can tell who's got the upper hand, who doesn't have the upper hand. Yeah. The fact that they can take those breaks and do stuff like with um. Hawkeye and uh, Black Widow being like, wait, are we still friends? Yeah, it contributes to the storytelling. It's not just action for action's sake. Right. It continues and propels the story forward. And, and, this, and, was, was, and this movie also uh, proves without a doubt that Scarlet Witch is the most powerful badass to ever grace the MCU screen. Yeah. Next to the next well, Vision. Yeah, Vision. No, no, she crushes the Vision. Oh, yeah, she does. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. But the other nice thing with this movie, too, and this is something that is very rare in a Hollywood movie, that there are three African-American characters in this movie who are not sidekicks. Two African-Americans, one African. Yes, yeah, oh, yes, one African. Yeah. Ah. Yes, Black Panther but was the first never, black superhero, but he was not the first African-American it superhero. It never once reeked of tokenism. No. Right. And that's... That is a big thing. Now I understand that Marvel does have that thing where I guess they finally they finally are going to do a Black Widow movie. Eventually, eventually they're going to finally do that standalone Black Widow movie, and that is their cross to bear. But the fact that there are three black characters who are integral parts of that story, given their own characters, and given their as own equals. yeah, treated dude, as equals. Dude, Black Panther kicked the crap out of almost everybody in the. I mean, you know, I was reading Chad Bozwick. Uh, Chad Chad Bozeman. Bozeman is actually a legit badass martial artist. Really, he, he showed he it. worked with the Russos to set up the fight choreography for Black Panther. Yeah, the, ah. so a lot of those moves are his. The nice. only one, the only. One that was able to, I think, beat him in hand to hand was, I think, Captain America. Briefly. Yeah. Bucky came close. Bucky came close, but and, and can I say how much I came to love Bucky in this? 
mm. in this movie as one as a badass. Yep. Two as Steve's friend, mm. and his interaction with Black Falcon was Black awesome. Falcon. Black Falcon. Just Falcon. Just Falcon. Yeah. Well, I'll always know him as Black Falcon. Yeah, right? no, but that, yeah, you're right. The interaction between those two actually gave gave Bucky a, a, some moments of humor for once. It's, yeah. it's like it's, it's like uh, Captain America's two X's. Right, exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. You couldn't have done that earlier? I hate you. <laughs> can, can you move the seat forward? No. No. <laughs> just that, that grin that they both gave Cap. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, if you have not seen Captain America Civil War... What the fuck is wrong with you? I don't know. Um, Can I just it, go on again about how awesome uh, the Black Panther character was? They gave him his own story arc. And, and, and you know and what? It was perfectly... Com- and there was a complete character arc development. Yes. In that whole in that span with 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 Black Panther, just I mean, he, he was he, he was just a force of nature. He was he was he had his eyes locked on on Bucky, Bucky the entire time. No one was gonna get in his way. And that's the thing I like too. I expected that um, Spider Man and Black Panther were gonna be essentially extended cameos. No, and they were they not. Were neither not. of them were. Yeah, Even Spider Man. Um, I mean, Spider-Man had quite a bit of screen time I mean, to... You could say Black Panther was more integral to the story than Spider-Man was. Yeah, but which he was. Which he was. But Spider-Man, they used Spider-Man and utilized them very well. And yeah. his interaction and his part with Tony, I think, is going to play a big role going forward. Especially in Tony's development. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, please go see it. It is on... It, it is tracking for a billion now. Oh, I, oh, I, I mean, he's 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 sorry, he made like seven hundred million. So yeah, it's 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 gonna make Iron Man three money minimal. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh easily. So yeah. So hey guys, again, great talk. Yeah. So next episode, we're gonna have a fun discussion of our favorite amusement parks, <laughs> mainly because by the time we record the next episode, going to going, they're going to be going to Disney. I'm gonna be having the Disney Afterglow. So if you've got a favorite theme park, favorite ride, anywhere, it could be a Six Flags regional park, um, yeah, favorite, favorite, favorite roller coaster. Maybe what you get? You guys remember when we were kids? Uh, maybe you don't. You, you were too young, Mike. But uh, Hudson's um, Animal Farm. Oh yeah, Benson's Animal Benson, Farm. Benson's Animal Farm in Hudson. Well, in Hudson, New Hampshire. Yes. The other day, the last week, we had our picture. We have professional pictures taken, family portraits. Yeah. Taken at what used to be Benson's family. Now it's just a park. It was like. I remember watching the commercials of this when I was a kid. We were watching monkeys throwing shit at each other. Yeah. So. I worked at Whalen Park for two seasons. Oh, dear. Yeah, amusement parks go to die. Yep. Yeah. So if you want to get in and get, uh, let us know what your favorite rides are, favorite parks, whatever, you can email us at geeksaladradio at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at geeksaladradio, like our Facebook page, Geek Salad Podcast. Check out our archives at the iTunes store. Uh, or you can download the Stitcher app, or just simply download the Podbean app, or go to geeksella.podbean.com. So until next time, I'm Andy. I'm Mike. I'm Joe. I'm Catherine. Go forth, and be nerdful. We'll talk to you later. Sing us away.
Spider-Man wasn't attacking the city. He was trying to save it. That's slander. It is not. I resent that. Slander is spoken. In print, it's libel.